With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We got some really big news pertaining to foreign policy. But first, right before we were about to go live, as we're getting set up for the show, we got word that Nick Ricada. Ricada Law's channel on YouTube was totally nuked, is completely gone. He was previously removed from Twitter. So I just want to say I'm calling BS. I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, they're saying he violated the YouTube uh, terms of service, uh, community guidelines or whatever. And uh, I, I don't know exactly why, but I'm call- I am I think it's mass flagging. Apparently people are trying to, they were complaining about him, trying to get him disbarred. So we'll learn more about that as time goes on. But uh, Nick's, Nick's a cool dude. He, uh, uh, he, he does excellent legal commentary. So I just want to shout this out because I'm calling BS on this. I don't think it's legitimate. And my immediate assumption, though I haven't, it, it, you know, this is just happening right now. My assumption is mass flagging resulted in an algorithmic takedown of his channel. So we'll see. And we'll, we'll, we'll look more into this as the show goes on. But today, my friends, we got big news because Ukraine has begun their evac preparations for a nuclear strike from Russia. They've been giving out potassium iodide tablets. Poland has asked the U.S. for nuclear weapons. That sounds like a really bad idea. And uh, this is the big news. OPEC is siding with Russia. Joe Biden is floundering. They are cutting down oil production, which means gas prices are going to skyrocket. They've already been going up. And this will allow Russia to keep selling at a discount. They're selling to China. China's shipping it back to Europe. They are basically just taking Europe for a ride. And the U.S. is, al- is going along with it. So this is this is absolutely brutal. And it does feel like we're headed towards World War Three. So uh, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel. And again, become a member at TimCast.com. The reason I say the after show is going to get spicy is because joining us today to talk about so much is Jason Burmis. Tim, thank you so much for having me, and I really do uh, look forward to the after show, but this show as well. I mean, like you said, breaking news is happening all the time, and you really are at the forefront of the zeitgeist of what's going on culturally on the internet. I mean, that's one of the strong p- points of Tim Cast IRL, and I love what you guys do here. So, uh, who are you? What do you do? Jeez, what do I do? Um, some people know me as a documentary filmmaker. Other people know me as a talk radio guy or someone that runs his mouth on the internet. I like to think I'm kind of a slab of all those things. And really, I'm just somebody who wants the truth, I think. You know, I'm not about right or left. I've always been about right or wrong. I've known this uh, gentleman to the left of me, Luke Radowski, for some time. And uh, that would probably be about the activist portion of my life. But look, I'm just one of those guys that doesn't like to be lied to. I don't want to be treated like a child. I think that our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, is really at the apex of what we should be trying to achieve as a society. I think it's the perfectly imperfect document. And unfortunately, I think America has moved into an executive within an executive where that no longer pertains almost at all. There are no checks and balances. It's not the judicial, executive, and legislative anymore. And it's moved into this authoritarian style of government aided by big tech with media narrative management. So I'll, I'll just say this very, very quickly before we move on. There's a documentary that I'm sure most people watching this have seen, of which you are associated with. Going way back in the day, I was working at O'Hare Airport. Some guy walks in with a DVD, or it was <laughs> probably a CD at that time, and he's like, you got to watch this. And then we all watched Loose Change. Yeah, so... 
Loose change is the big one, man. It, it's kind of where we took the internet and we utilized it to empower humanity with information that was not being given by the mainstream. And now we see restrictions on those same platforms because really without Google video, um, trying to compete with YouTube and absorbing yeah. it, would that movie has been as big as it possibly was? I mean, you got CDs and there's groundwork there. People like Luke Radowski and myself burning discs, handing them out to people. In fact, when we were selling the movie, one of the things we encourage people to do, don't buy one copy, get the spindles. Sure, they don't come in a case, but they were super cheap. You get them at 10, 25, even 100, and people would do that. I think the 100 ones you could get for $2 a disc, so it was like 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then you could hand somebody that disc and they would watch it. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a whole bunch, probably in the members show, because it, it, that, that, there's a lot to talk about. We were talking before the show, or I should say, you were telling us about a whole bunch of crazy stuff that's going to be fun. Wait, so, fact, uh, check, fact check. 100 discs at $2 each would be 200 not 50 Oh, I'm seeing you got me. You <laughs> no, got me. I love you, Jason. <laughs> All right. So thanks, thanks, it's going to be fun. Thanks for coming. And uh, of course, uh, Luke's here. The Burmese Boomer Brigade is here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. I've known Jason for 16 years. I think in one day we gave out, what was it? 10,000 DVDs 10, on the fifth anniversary in, in New York City with Immortal Technique, Alex Jones. We had a crazy event down there that you guys were a part of. So uh, really happy to see you here. The shirt I'm wearing right now reads that the truth is the first casualty of war. I think that is definitely the truth right now when it comes to geopolitics. If you like the shirt, you could get it on thebestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. This is why I'm here. Thank you so much again for having me and uh, super excited to have you on. Yeah, in the first last 30 minutes, we did basically transhumanist boot camp. Jason, I have 21 <laughs> tabs open from xenotransplantation to what's this, signature reduction to blackjack satellite missions. Good conversation, man. I'm looking forward to going deeper on all these things. Pumped. Yeah, uh, Jason got here early, and I was delighted to be able to talk to him about all of this stuff. And I was like, yo, we're not going to be able to talk about any of this stuff on the regular show. So the after show's got to be lit. You guys got to make sure you're members for sure. Let's get into it. All right, let's jump into this first story from The Hill. Ukraine capital preparing evacuation centers for possible nuclear strike. They're also handing out potassium iodide. Poland's been doing the same thing. And the other big news here is that Poland suggests hosting U.S. nuclear weapons amid growing fears of Putin's threats. So, look, all of this. You know, when I see Ukraine and they're, they're giving out potassium iodide, these are the tablets you take to try and protect your thyroid when there's radio, radioactive particles everywhere. And they're prepping evacuation centers. I don't trust Ukraine. Look, I don't like that Russia invaded them. I don't like that Russia is annexing these regions. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like what they do with Crimea. But I think Ukraine is desperate, mm. so they're going to say whatever they need to say to make it seem like the end is nigh and we need to keep giving them money. And they just announced, what, another like $600 million, 625 or some ridiculous number. So when Ukraine's like, oh, you prepare for a nuclear strike, are they doing that to freak us out to get the headline? Or are they actually concerned it's going to happen? That being said, when Poland suggests hosting U.S. nuclear weapons, which is basically spitting in the face of Putin, who said, do not move nukes into Eastern Europe. Maybe it's not so much that they're watching in Ukraine. They're watching Putin do something, although they, that, that train carrying like the nuclear MOD group, whatever it was called. They are seeing that. 
But maybe the reason Ukraine is prepping for a nuclear strike is because they know what NATO is doing. And they know what NATO is doing will result in a response from Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. If you're not worried, you're not paying attention to what's going on here. There's been severe escalations on both sides. This is heading down down a trajectory of just further uh, dangerous pathways that, of course, don't have any diplomacies, don't have any detente, don't have any compromises. The only reason why the world wasn't blown up during the Cold War is because people negotiated People came to the negotiation table and said, okay, let's figure this out. Let's make sure we compromise on a deal that benefits both of us so we could both get away from killing each other and, and, and extinguishing and destroying the entire world. We're not having any of that. The president of Ukraine literally just signed into law uh, a decree that prevents him from even negotiating with Vladimir Putin and, and having a peace deal with him. That, that to me is absolutely absurd and it's, it is crazy. Yeah, they, they frame Kennedy as having just strong, strong man uh, who was the Russian premier at the time. It was uh, Khrushchev to take take the nukes out of Cuba and Khrushchev did it. But that's not what happened. Kennedy used diplomacy and he worked with Khrushchev and said, we'll take our nukes out of Turkey if you take your nukes out of Cuba. It was a diplomatic well, action. And without diplomacy, we're not going to see the nukes. We're not going to see the escalation. This is Will Chamberlain brought this up. Well, it's you're really specifically important. talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah. where not many people know this, and people didn't know this when it was happening. But as you mentioned, JFK compromised with Khrushchev, and JFK agreed to get rid of the missiles that were located in Italy and in Turkey that Russia thought was going to be used against them. And therefore, the Russians were then only willing to compromise and get rid of their missiles from Cuba, which, of course, threatened the United States. So, that was well, a compromise. But hold on. How could JFK have done that? Surely the information on where those nukes were were classified and he wouldn't have the authority to declassify any of information like that. Right. right. Some some greater authority than the president. I mean, that's, that, right. Am I wrong? I guess it turns out the president can declassify. <laughs> I guess I the guess 1960s so. were different than 2022. Well, the whole thing with Trump and the, and, the, and the classified documents just shows maybe the country has been subjugated. If the president is now being attacked because he had classified documents when previously we had a president who revealed the location of our nuclear weapons directly to our principal adversary. And that was a good thing. Now, Trump can't even have documents that were empty folders, apparently. It just goes to show that the presidency is subjugated by something. Yeah, what you were saying earlier, Jason, that you think there's some sort of authoritarian aspect here. I'm looking, I just got a tweet from Disclosed.tv that the U.S. is to buy, quote, nuclear emergency drugs for $290 million from a pharmaceutical company. Uh, what is this called? Amgen is the name of the company. It's called N-Plate is the uh, Health and Human Services drug. Uh, 125 micrograms is around $1,200. So don't discount the pharmaceutical company's attempt to profit off of a nuclear scare. Oh, man. The, 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 look, potassium iodide is just like, it's cheap. It's just, it's nothing. It's potassium. It's iodine. You can get iodine from your table salt. You get that, you got, I, 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 what is it, like iodine salt or whatever, the little Morton girl mm -hmm. with the umbrella or whatever. That works too. The point of these pills is that it satiates your thyroid. It gives you all the all the iodine you need so you don't absorb the particles. But I'm saying... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would not be surprised if these companies 
come up with some way to make something slightly different. You know what they add? They'll add a little aspirin to it and be like, it'll protect you from radiation and cure a headache, and it costs $1,000. That's exactly what they're doing. This is from healthandhumanservices.gov. HHS purchases drug for use in radiological and nuclear emergencies, and they're going right to a private pharmaceutical company. Does it say what the, what the drug is? Uh, yeah, I think I just mentioned it. Is it N-plate? N-P-L-A-T-E? I'd, I'd have to look into what that does. Sure, it's I a do. subcutaneous... Uh, subcutaneous powder for injection according to disclosed tv huh. but then they, they link us over to health and human services where they get the information well i don't know man but do you guys even think it's going to get to that point i i kind of feel like everything we've seen so far is, in, is is indicative of escalation let me just say this the rhetoric is very dangerous right so we could go back a few months ago where you had the head of the russian space division saying they could nuke all nato nations within 30 minutes not great i'm not very happy about that that's something that was put out there you have David Petraeus this week on CNN discussing if the Russians were to use a nuclear strike, that we would basically be able to use our military to take out their entire seaboard. And it's like not even the Black attention. Sea Fleet. Specifically yes, yes, he mentioned exactly. Um, how horrible that would be. So the language that's being used, the things that are being portrayed to the public, you talked about the iodine thing. Well, how about that New York City emergency uh, PSA? where they're yeah. just talking about a random <laughs> nuclear weapon going off in the city and what you do. We don't know why. We don't know how. It's not important. We've never talked like this, at least not since the 80s. You, you were saying the U.S. did buy these these drugs? Yeah, they're ordering it right now. It's part of a long-standing ongoing effort. Uh, what is this? No, so I, 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 I just... You should just, check check this out. It's uh, If you want to look it up, it's ASPR. Uh, ASPR? But if you look up... What's, health, what's health the, in, the website? Or what's the what's the title I can Google? HHS it? purchases drug for use in radiological and nuclear emergencies. What do we got? Is that from Bloomberg? No, it's from HHS.gov. Oh, Whoa, yo! HHS buying two hundred ninety million dollars worth of Amgen drug and plate for radiation sickness in nuclear emergency. Wonder if that's tax money being spent. Well, Obviously. well uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, where else uh, coming from? Yeah. <laughs> it's called theft, Ian. So uh, look, here's what I want to say. Sometimes they tell you exactly what they're doing and what's coming. I mean, if they're doing this, they're not keeping it a secret from us that they think we're going to nuclear war. No, it's dangerous. And it's, and it's not just Petraeus. It seems like everybody who supposedly is an authoritative source on this in our military and on the media is saying that tactical nuclear strikes might be okay. This is insane. You know, you know what really, really pisses me off right now is that this, this company that's selling this drug didn't call it Rataway. Yeah, really? Yeah, they, they, they're missing they, they, the market. I, I, maybe they would have gotten sued by, by Bethesda. Shout out to Fallout. <laughs> this is saying that Let's the, call uh, it right away. the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority in 2004 uh, got some new authority called Project BioShield Act and can now, I don't know, spend indiscriminately. I don't know what it can do with this Project BioShield Act signed in 2004. Sounds like a Bush thing probably afraid of you know there was all this weapons of mass destruction fear so they're like oh, we got to sign new authoritarian laws to give us overarching uh, authority to do whatever we want so this is a treatment for acute radiation sickness due to a radiological or nuclear emergency and it is approved for immune thromocytopenia a blood disorder characterized by a low platelet count by low platelet counts plural so um Maybe they're just like, here's an opportunity to give money to the pharmaceutical companies. Or maybe they're like, there's going to be a nuclear war. Putin's going to do it. Here's the thing. Let's say a nuclear bomb goes off anywhere in the world. We're, we live in such a post-truth world 
that how do you attribute that to anybody? Because you know who the media is going to oh, say Oh, dude, it is. look at Nord Stream. Exactly. Yeah, not yeah. only that, but the United States also on record lost nuclear weapons that they can't <laughs> account for. And guess what? The Russians lost a lot more of them as well, especially when the Soviet Union collapsed. Literally, people walked into military facilities. There was like, yeah, I'll give you a thousand rubles for that. And they're like, yeah, here, here's your nuclear weapon. So there's a lot of nuclear weapons that are out there um, that, that we can't account for, that we don't know where they are. They could be in private hands. They could be in very sinister hands. They could be in third parties that could profit off of escalating this conflict and as we talked about before maybe it's not even the united states responsible for this gas explosion maybe it's a private industrial complex company organization party or even third party like china that's sitting back and saying well maybe we could watch these two countries fight each other and then grow in the absence of of them obliterating each other what if there was like a former special agent from like the uk was like mi6 is that what it's called mi6 yeah and then and what he did was he got a bunch of other special agents to come work for him and was like a rogue nation. Well, yeah. we, we got to understand we're living in a place where multinational corporations have a lot more power and influence than governments. We, we have to understand Biden right here is not making uh, not making any decisions. He's not calling the shots here. He is someone that is not of sound mind. He can't make coherent sentences. There's no way he could be handling the most stressful job as described by many presidents of the United States to be in that Oval Office. There's no way he is working nonstop. There's no way he's cutting deals, negotiating behind the closed doors. There's someone else calling the shots here. Who is that person? Well, I think it's the people benefiting uh, off of a lot of his failed policies that destroy the American lower and middle class and, of course, prop up the billionaires, the bankers, and, of course, the private interests that I think are truly calling the shots here who are, uh, you know, psychopathic, who will do anything to get money, to get power, to get influence. And I think a lot of them are even satanic. But that's a whole different well, look, perspective. Look, 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 I don't look, even look. want to go down there. The, the, the issue is don't think about it in terms of the NATO versus Russia. Think about it in terms of something you believe is 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 right, and something you see someone doing that you believe is wrong, and then think about your willingness to allow them to keep doing it to to prevent a fight. This is this is the think about a a a, a child drag show. You know, most people probably do not want to see those things, but when we have people going out and protesting, fights happen. So. This is the problem. We don't want the fighting. But I, I want, you know, people will, you, you'll understand the perspective of, of what, what NATO and what Russia are both feeling. They're both saying, we will not stop. They're both saying, if you want to avoid war, you back down. And they're both saying that exactly to each other because they both think they're right. I don't think, for the most part, a lot of these NATO countries, I think a lot of the people in these countries think they're legitimately correct and right. I think they're evil, a lot of them. I think their attitude is elitist and the people are stupid and we're better than them, but we're doing the right thing and they should be grateful. And I think Putin's probably the exact same way, but just not aligned with them. And so they're adamant that they are deserving of their, their quest towards their ideology and no one is going to back down. I, there, there's no scenario. I see Vladimir Putin being like, well, NATO's expanding on my border. Meh, whatever. Russia can Russia can just roll over. No way. Dude's going to be like, I want to bring back the Soviet Union. It was a travesty that it fell. I mean, he literally said this. And it, it, it's a, tra a travesty that it, that it collapsed and our leaders let us down. This is not a guy who's going to be like, it's a good thing that Western forces are taking over our country. He thinks it's a horrible thing. Constantine Kissin translated his speech, which everyone should check out on Twitter. Uh, it's a long thread. And Putin was essentially intimating that 
the liberal economic order has gone too far. It's destroying Earth. It's creating, you know, it's, it's satanic. I think he even said at one point, and he will. It's going. It's falling, and he won't. It's he's going to make sure that it falls. Like he, he said, the Satanism thing in line with the gender ide- ideology that's yeah. going to be pushed. And I actually watched uh, Leninoff at the UN uh, in the previous week, and it was hard for me to dis. I'm no Russophile, right? I, I agree with you, Tim. That. Putin's not a great guy. He's got his mindset. He has author- authoritarianism. But when you have Leninov sitting there talking about the war on terror, what we did in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, and beyond, it's hard to argue with the guy. What freedom did we bring? You know, are these nation states better off after our intervention or are they worse off? Well, I think by any measure of the imagination, most of these ple- most of these places have become even more failed states. They have slavery in Libya, for God's sakes. I mean, it's 2022. And would that have happened without U.S. military intervention? I doubt it. You know, so it's tough because their rhetoric sounds pretty good right now. But then you have people biting on that line that somehow, you know, Putin's the good guy and he's fighting these people. I think that they're all fighting for their vision of what globalism is going to become in the next century. And all any regular person wants is to go into their yard throw some feed to their chickens, collect some eggs, bring breakfast to their family, and then mind their own business. That's the mo- but unfortunately, there are ideologues and there are zealots who are hell-bent on controlling your life, and some of them amass tons of power. Then yeah. they want to blow up kids, take over your country, and take away your chickens. And they amass nuclear weapons, which endanger the entire world. And, and as Burmas pointed out, it's something that I've been saying from the very beginning of this conflict. Everyone's looking out for themselves. Uh, Putin is looking out for Putin. He's looking out also for his country, his interests. The United States is looking out for their interests. And there's no denying it, especially with the moves that have been made here. But when do we make a, a stop? When do we uh, like try to pause this insanity that has led us to this situation where young men and and innocent human beings are dying for the political ambitions of politicians that to me is absurd i got to pull up this story from the new york times because boy you want to talk about world war three the new york times reports the u.s believes ukrainians were behind an assassination in russia just say in the headline the assassination of daria dugina american officials said they were not aware of the plan ahead of time for the attack that killed daria dugina and that they had admonished ukraine over it oh admonished so what do you think Russia is going to say to that? That's it's war, right? They're, they're not even Russia's not even calling this a war yet. What do you think the people? I mean, this is the kind of thing with with U.S. admission now that will boost morale among Russians. So did you see the uh, clip of Jeffrey Sachs on Bloomberg recently that's gone kind of viral where he is basically saying, hey, the rest of the world. The optics on this is the U.S. blew up this Nord Stream pipeline. And actually, this yep. conflict is a proxy war between the United States and Russia. He's like, that's how everybody else. And sees they were it. like, whoa, well, hold on there. Well, hold, well I don't know about that. Exactly. Well, I, I actually, so the two minute clip that's going around on Twitter, there's an eight minute clip and Jeffrey Sachs nails it throughout. I actually covered it yesterday, but that's the thing. The rest of the world already understands the narrative is the United States is in a full on proxy war with Russia. We're not even acknowledging that. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a proxy war. It's war. NATO is is uh, in Poland. The supply military supplies are being delivered to Ukraine. And it's so obvious that uh, NATO is now worried Russia will strike Poland because that's where they're delivering the weapons. So it's like the way I describe it. Let's say there's a dude throwing rocks at you and you're like, bro, stop throwing rocks at me. 
And behind him is another guy handing him rocks. Are we going to be like the guy handing him rocks has nothing to do with this and we're not fighting? No, both of them are at war with you. So it's not a proxy war. We've got American citizens and NATO citizens on the ground in Ukraine. And they're going, we're just volunteers. Oh, spare me, dude. NATO is delivering weapons, tanks. They just sent a bunch of Apache helicopters to Poland. Poland now wants nukes. And then those weapons are being delivered to American veterans who are fighting as mercenaries for Ukraine. That's a technicality. I don't think Vladimir Putin is looking at that and going, well, he's not formally working for the U.S. No, he's just armed by them, a citizen of the country and benefits from it and fighting for a country that is being massively funded to the tune of billions of dollars by the U.S. Come on. Putin's not some moron who's like looking over a legal document being like, well, I would declare war on NATO, but they they found all the loopholes. They're able to go to war with us, but it's not formal. It's so what am I supposed to do? Similar to Vietnam, where the Chinese were sending the North Vietnamese all sorts of weapons and tanks, and, and but we didn't strike China because or Russia. I think the Russians were involved with spreading it to North North Korea or North Vietnam too, uh, because it's but it's really the military contractors are profiting off of limited war. They don't want a total war. They don't want Russia to attack Poland. They don't want the U- U.S. to drop bombs in Moscow. They want to just keep selling weapons to the front to these poor Ukrainians who are in this flat terrain that are just getting artillery shelled and and then they keep profiting. It's a really a war for profit, I think, and, and a small amount of land that Putin wants to connect to Crimea. Well, to Tim's point on the proxy, um, Michael Tracy, who I follow on Twitter, I think he does some really good work, is outright saying that U.S. soldiers are in command and control of the ground warfare there. Oh, of course. Well, Come on. But I would take it a step further and say, well, our Starlink systems are arming the Ghost and Sidewinder drones that yep. are killing Russian soldiers. The concentration of Starlink there is 12,000. It's the greatest concentration on the planet. I would say that's overt warfare. And the U.S. provided the intelligence used by the Ukrainians who used NATO weapons to blow up the flagship of uh, of, of Putin's or Russia's uh, Black Sea uh, fleet. So, uh, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, World War II, the U.S. was it, selling weapons to England for, they were just giving them lend They weren't even charging them. And the, the Germans knew, but the Germans were like, well, this sucks. We can't declare war on America because that will lose the war. But then eventually, when after well, the United States declared well, war, Japan, Well, Musk made that did. argument, actually, that he lost $80 million on their latest satellite launches into the Ukraine. You know, he put out that poll on, yeah. you know, that solution. But if you follow that thread, he says, look— we actually lost money sending these Starlink uh, satellites out there. So he's admitting that they're being used in warfare, but he wants to kind of paint the picture. It's just for communications for the good guys. But again, they're hooking up to drones that are taking real lives. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus you know that's real warfare in my opinion and uh you know eric schmidt the former ceo of google came out and called elon musk the true hero of the ukrainian war and now elon musk is being labeled a traitor to the ukrainian people which is absolutely totally absurd and it's not just satellite uh, uh, internet it's also satellite images it's also gps tracking it's also troop movements that the united states is advising the ukrainian troops saying hey we're going to say we're going to kherson but really we're going to lyman and then now we're going to fake lyman now we're going 
going to Khorasan because this is how the troops are moving in this specific region. This is the weak spots that we see here. And with the, 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 the weaponry that they have, the advanced technology. Today, I saw a video of a Ukrainian using a, a, a drone denial weapon against a Russian DJI Mavic drone that Whoa. was flying over getting reconnaissance. And a Russian soldier had this huge... Uh, you know, gun that was provided to him by the West. The that Ukrainian literally, soldier. Ukrainian, Ukrainian soldier. Ukrainian soldier had this huge gun that, that pointed at the drone and, and just took it down right away. Did they reuse it? Did they recover it and then use it? Probably, yeah. You know, because the Russians, a lot of them are, are buying, you know, DGIs off of the private market and literally using them for reconnaissance. Meanwhile, the United States is using satellite imagery to, you know, get all the information about where where they are, the exact GPS coordinates. The coordinates are put into the Starlink satellites connected to the weaponries, the weapons, and the missiles just fly directly on top of the Russians. You know that there are psychotic nerds that are just like tracking the data analytics and like, oh, this is how people act when they think they're at war and afraid. How? What if we turn up the fear? Oh, this is how they act. Oh, they send weapons. Oh, they, they tend to go further south where it's warmer when they're afraid. Oh, you know, like weird, crazy, psychopathic uh, scientists that but, are but, like pushing it. But today also very interestingly, it, it's, it's, it's very captivating to see technology play such an active role role in this uh, a proxy war between the East and the West, because also, very interestingly, the Ukrainian government also expelled Iranian diplomats from their country, specifically because Iran provided suicide drones to the Russians that they have allegedly used today on a military uh, a camp inside of Kiev. So there's big news today that an Iranian drone struck inside of Kiev, uh, and that was specifically why Ukrainians expelled Iranian uh, diplomats what, from their I wanna, country. I wanna, I wanna what kind of suicide drone was it? Like strapped to the bomb or something? No, it's just a, it's just a drone that flies up, and then when it when it lands, it explodes. So this is, this is something that you mentioned earlier. Business Insider: Russia's space agency chief claimed his nation could destroy NATO countries in half an hour during a nuclear war. So uh, highlighting this, when you have the U.S. being like, "Oh, Ukraine just assassinated the daughter, a, a prominent reporter, and the daughter of a prominent uh, influencer, whatever you want to call him, philosopher in Russia." And we're we're just going along with what they're doing. They are going to drag us into a war where they 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 are capable of and directly threatening to wipe out the entirety of the, of NATO, which includes us. I would much prefer not to be nuked because I've gro I've grown quite fond of living. Huh. So uh, for for everybody else, maybe we can tell Ukraine to knock off this kind of insanity. If you want to defend your land because Russia's invading, totally get it. Going into Russia and killing some dude's daughter and a prominent journalist, hey, maybe that's a big, big mistake. Well, they are at war. When you're at war, there's no nothing's off the table. That's true. This idea that, you know, I'm reading these articles and they're like Putin's illegal invasion. I'm like, oh, I'm sure Putin cares about what you think is legal. Yeah, really. It's, it's, it really is insane that we have these concepts of like war crimes. Now, I get it. To a certain degree, we're like, we're going to try and stop these things from happening and create some kind of framework for if you do it, there will be severe penalties when we defeat you. But it's like at the same time, yo, if somebody is fighting against you to, with the intent to kill you, they're going to do anything and everything. Your laws are meaningless. To your a war point, crimes are meaningless. There's that gentleman war where if you're fighting the enemy, you know, you want to capture their commander and then sell them back rather than kill them. You don't want to kill everybody. You want you want to profit off the war. That's the point of the war is you want to come up better afterwards. So Right, but if we're talking about existential conflict, when we're talking about like, you know, with the colonial wars, it was like over territory and new lands and things like that, then they're going to be like, okay, fine, you can take that territory. Oh, we've lost Quebec, you know, or whatever. But 
what we're talking about here is Putin thinking or saying that, well, he says he would use nuclear weapons if there's an existential threat to Russia. NATO encroaching on its borders and cutting off its ability to sell fuel into Europe is probably an existential threat to Russia. This is not Russia's interests overseas. This is their actual border being threatened. So I don't think they're going to play any games where they're like, we'll capture them and sell them back. No, they're going to be like, destroy them. Maybe. But I don't think that they want the Russia to get nuked. Like if, if Russia, if nukes drop all over Russia, Russian cities, they lose. So it, I think yeah. if n- nukes drop, it's mutually assured destruction. I can't believe people aren't talking more about that. You don't think so, huh? Mm-hmm. You, you think that we can have kind of these tactical nuclear wars where only certain areas are hit and it doesn't just set off that chain yep. reaction? Yep. So tactical nukes first, we'll start with tactical nukes being much lower yield. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about an ICBM wiping out a million people. We're talking about 10,000 to 100,000, depending on the yield of the tactical nuke. Really, really bad. But there was a great quote. I can't remember who, who, who just said it recently. They said, if Putin nukes a, uh, issues a nuclear strike on a NATO nation, there will not be a nuclear response because the American president would have to be insane to sacrifice Boston for Poznan. So if Putin were to nuke that, the U.S. is going to be like, if we respond, they'll respond again. And then we will actually get hit ourselves in our homeland and be forced to defend ourselves here. If the fighting stays over there, they'll probably respond with full scale conventional warfare, not a nuclear strike. There's no reason for Putin right now to just be like, I'm going to nuke, nuke D.C., now, if you if you fired a nuke at D.C., yeah, maybe we would fire a nuke back at Moscow or something. And that's the deterrent. Don't do it because we'll do it back. We'd fire like 100 nukes back at Mo- you know, like 30 right. at Moscow, 30 at Novosibirsk, you know, we'd all over the spot, all over but the place. And, if and then Putin they'd is fire using, a million at the United States. If Putin is using nuclear artillery and tactical nukes in Ukraine, ain't nobody going to respond. If they drop a 100 kiloton bomb on Kiev and kill 20, 30,000 people, NATO will not nuke back. that's because Ukraine is not a NATO nation and no NATO nation is going to sacrifice their capital for anything in Ukraine. Right now, they're content with sending supplies and having them fight. They don't want Russia to win. But I don't see, you know, Poland's asking for nukes. I don't see Poland sacrificing Poznan for Kiev. Kiev could get hit and they're going to be like, we don't want to get hit next. So we got to keep, we're not going to respond in kind. Not only that, but they can't even respond if they wanted to. They have no nukes. I guess my greatest fear is if, any kind of nuclear strike happens anywhere, our world changes overnight. And it, it just gives you this excuse to roll out all sorts of martial law slash authoritarian measures wherever, you know, it wouldn't matter which side it was on. Like, if, like say that happens, say 10,000 people get taken out in a tac- tac- tactical strike in the Ukraine. You don't think that this administration here would utilize that not only to instill fear on the American public, um, but pass certain executive orders and oh, measures that would down. Yeah, that Absolutely. would restrict. Yeah, I mean that's Directive my- Fifty One. You guys know Directive Fifty One? Man, Tell me about it. You ever played the game The Division? No, I never played. Oh, it. Oh come on, no. that, that game's great. Was man. there a Bush uh, directive? Bush after directive nine after nine one one. And we it was. I think it was in like two thousand seven. We're not sure if it's legal. It's never been tested. But presidential national security presidential directive 51 allows the president to basically overwrite the U.S. government and create a new one. Yeah, that was George Bush. George Bush. And I believe Obama revised it since since then. It's gone through several changes. Many people have said it's a nonsense executive order because the executive branch doesn't have the authority to overthrow the U.S. government because of an emergency. But the language of it is nuts. 
It basically says if any kind of disaster happens anywhere, the president of the United States can declare an enduring constitutional government and install a continuity coordinator who now runs all of the branches. And it creates one branch that controls everything. This is be, quote, any incident, regardless of location that results in extraordinary levels of mass casualties, damage or disruption, severely affecting the U.S. population, infrastructure, environment, economy or government functions. Disruption severely affecting the U.S. population. So like what? A, a hurricane, a storm, a blackout. Yes. Are they, yeah, exactly. So it's not been tested. Many people think that if they tried to do it, there'd be challenges. The problem is in a circumstance where they do declare, I think it's been updated and there's a different executive order on the books now. But in the event that something happens like a nuke does drop on Kiev, I really doubt there's going to be it's going it, to it, no one in the United States is going to be able to do anything about it if they do it, because it would just be civil war. You're going to get people who are just going to be like, dude, a nuke was dropped. I ain't going, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not standing up. I'm not do whatever. Right. Most people will probably say I'm scared of nukes. So when the government says we're at war and this is the way it is, they'll just say, okay. I'm concerned of false flags here because anybody could drop a nuke anywhere. Well, that's my point. If a nuke goes off, no one knows who actually did it. You know who they'll blame. Right. Regardless, Russia is going to get blamed. They've been blaming Russia for everything. It's like some dude's like walking and Democrat stubs his toe and he's like, ah, Putin put that rock there. And, you know, Donald Trump wins an election. And of course it had to be Putin. Well, they've been laying down the groundwork for this for many years now. I mean, the Cold War essentially never ended. It's only escalating from here. There were many proxy wars. Even recently, Syria was a major proxy war between the East and the West. Uh, now that theater moved, the, 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 the conflict still continues in Syria, but that theater moved to Ukraine. It's expanding, it's growing. And for the last few years, the corporate media with the intelligence agencies have been laying down the groundwork. Russia, 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 nonstop, even when there was reasons not to criticize them. There's a lot of things you could criticize about Russia. There's a lot of things that they did in, in Georgia, in Crimea, that you could, of course, heavily criticize with the you know destruction of civil liberties and human rights in their country. Sure, there's a lot of things you could do that. But the intelligentsia here in the United States made stuff up just to point the finger and blame on Russia. I think I know what really happened. Before all of this, back in December, Putin had a secret meeting with Joe Biden, right? <laughs> And they were like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fake this war, right? You know why? Because then Putin's like, I'm going to use nukes. And then you respond, aliens reveal themselves and shut down the nukes. And that's how we get them to come out of hiding. That proves it. I'm kidding, by the way. Let's jump to this next story from the Telegraph. Well, before Maybe. we do, I got to say, if, this, if what they're doing is a psyop and they're trying to get me to beg for a new world order, it's starting to work because any kind of order, global order would be, well, maybe not any, but would be better than a nuclear war, this, in my this, opinion. This, I mean, this is the best way to do it. You get Biden and Putin, you know, firing nukes at each other. And then whoever you want to actually run your new government comes out and says, people, the war is bad. It's not working. Join me and we'll come up. We'll, we'll bring about a cryptocurrency. Yes. You know, single currency for the planet. We'll end all of this. Embed the your chip rights. in your in your wrist and you will be immune to a, nuclear a, fallout. A central bank digital currency, which the U.S. Federal Reserve and many other countries are putting into practice. That alien stuff. There are some uh, very notable people that do believe aliens have prevented nuclear war on this planet. There are some right, that's uh, what defense ministers is. of Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm expanding <laughs> on it. Jason's shaking his head here. Uh, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, this is the, the bigger context to what Tim is saying here. All right, check out this story. From the Telegraph, oil cartel joins forces with Russia to cut supplies. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. Because of the war in Ukraine, a gentle, gentleman, yes, because of the war in Ukraine that we are involved in, OPEC, Saudi Arabia, 
are joining with Russia, cutting production, cranking up prices so that Russia can keep selling at a premium rate to China and then sell it back to us. So we're getting screwed and funding this war. Your costs are going to go up. Cool. Your standard of living is going to go down. And it's because Joe Biden is a corrupt piece of trash who keeps funneling our money to Ukraine. Why do we, why should I care about Ukraine? Because because Vladimir Putin's charging too much for natural gas into Europe. Well, too bad. You build your pipeline like they did the Baltic pipe. Fine. Blowing up someone else's pipeline, expanding your military alliance. All of this was pushing towards war. Now, Putin invaded Ukraine. Bad thing. I get it. But I'm not going to sit here and say the U.S. should sacrifice its people so that Ukraine can have so that we can deal with their problem. I just here you go. Thanks, Joe Biden. Let's see if this, this impacts the midterms. Well, if you remember a couple of months ago, Joe Biden had a very uh, uh, publicized trip to Saudi Arabia where he was going to go to Saudi Arabia and make sure that they produce more energy and oil from the world. Since, of course, it's very green to stop domestic energy exploration and production and, of course, depend on Saudi Arabia and the Henry Kissinger supported petrodollar, which, again, uh, absolutely mind-boggling. But if you remember from that trip, he was like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to make sure we have a ton of energy. They're going to be pumping it out of the ground. And there was even a press release from the White House saying this this trip was successful. And then the Saudi Arabians came out and said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to be <laughs> pumping oil. We're not doing that. And now this is on the heels of that meeting of Joe Biden going down to Saudi Arabia. And uh, essentially, I do think the OPEC countries, the, the oil producing countries are looking out for themselves because they see this as an opportunity. They will be enriching themselves. And I do see other individuals that are going to, of course, be also benefiting from an energy crisis, which is already here, and it's only going to get worse with this latest news. This, to me, is a longer part of the agenda of the Great Reset, which is deliberately denying people energy to stop human progress and enslave them. We just got a good super chat from Just Political. Makes a good point. Nothing will stop a midterm election faster than emergency wartime powers. If Russia were a month out, what if the October surprise is that Putin drops a nuke and they suspend elections? Well, you mean Putin in That's quotes? Right. Let's put that in quotes because we don't know. Yeah, it, what a happens if a nuke is drops, dropped, or, and or then a firebomb or something crazy, like any kind yep. of conventional? Kinetic. And they suspend elections, saying we can't. So it's, a, it's an emergency, and the country's got to mobilize. That's it FDR, be, man. He he got a third term during wartime. They, they let him stay. I don't put anything past these people, but I think we also have to understand that the infrastructure is still there that allows for elections to be gamed. I don't think that we should have voting systems, in other words, machines that are plugged into anything that can be accessed by a router, that do fractional voting. I that, don't think we should have mail-in I, voting. I, I think the issue is, as Ian points out all the time, is the closed source nature of the machines. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, because if the code is but, private yeah, and it's, but, and it's I, I really votes, don't want to segue know. the conversation off of what we were talking about, because my concern mm -hmm. is, will there be a, a nuclear strike? Is there going to be severe economic damage from, say, uh, oil prices skyrocketing? What do we see, like nine bucks already in California again, wow. like eight, eight fifty yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Uh, will that result in some kind of emergency wartime powers? Or yeah. the inverse is they can't shut the election down. It would destroy the country. Gas prices are so high, Democrats get swept out of office. I, I was going to say to you, okay, Stacey Abrams, but that's beyond the point oh, from the conversation how, how here. How dare you? But, but, but anyway, it, this will be impacting uh, the average American, but more significantly, the people who don't have money, the people who are the poorest in our country will now have a harder time making ends meet. Paying for gas for your car, paying for heat this winter will become more difficult, not just for the people in the United States, but specifically other people outside of the United States who don't 
have it as as lucky as we do. People in Europe are absolutely dealing with a huge energy crisis where many businesses are already shutting down their doors because they can't find a way to pay for the energy bill. That's that's crazy. Your life savings are going towards heating your home right now in Europe. And this is how you're spending your money when, of course, a lot of this is orchestrated by bad decisions by politicians and central controllers that are artificially hiking up the price of energy for their own personal benefit because they know once they create artificial scarcity, they're able to do what they want with the human population and with the decline of energy. It also uh, brings on the decline of the food production. It, it brings on the decline of humanity. I don't necessarily think that you need an October surprise, right? So you're talking about all these price increases. I think that this is part of what the sustainability movement really is. And what sustainability really means is your standard of living is going to plummet. So this is further hurting anything that's remnant of the middle class. They're lying about how much inflation has gone on. Obviously, it's more than eight point whatever percent. And if you continue these trends gradually, you gut the country even further. And you really go into this global idea set of scarcity and we need a new system of control and that's where you have your social credit score that's where you have your carbon credit system even uh, the world economic forum i know we mentioned iran they have their world food program that they plan on running through the blockchain they have a whole little bit wow. about running uh refugee camps via blockchain technology you guys seen uh you remember viva vendetta when uh, natalie portman is eating the toast and she's like is this real butter like i haven't had this since i was a kid that's what they want for you and your kids. Your kids are going to wake up in the morning and you're going to be laying next to them in your pod. They're going to open the pod and they're going to be, you know, outside surrounded by a whole bunch of other pods. And then the robot's going to drive by and hand your child a bowl of crickets with water, with floating in water. And the kid's going to be spooning it. And that's, that's breakfast cereal. And then the robot says, and remember, if you follow all the rules and bend the knee, you might get a small piece of beef this week. It, true, but I think it would be too dangerous to give kids spoons because you could use them as weapons. <laughs> so they'll they'll probably have them semi-conscious in a yeah, floating right. tank of, of biological goo, <laughs> harvesting their heat. Yeah, they'll, you're locked in the pod, and the tube just goes into your mouth, yeah. and the crickets just get poured. If in. you're lucky, otherwise it's going in the other other <laughs> side. other end. Um, I don't know why they would shoot crickets have, up your ass. Have dude. you studied? They'll liquefy them first. Uh, have you Faster studied absorption? Like, what do you think they that the overall idea of the transhumanist desire for the human population is like? I I think that they want us in back to tanks like in Star Trek or in Star Wars where Luke has his hand cut off, but they're like floating him in that tank, but it's like regenerating his body slowly. But something that's piezoelectric and can weigh your body, just the heat vibrates I the, gotta, the goo. I and say, we we really jumped overboard yeah. from and only crazy. we don't have to stay on this nice, topic. Yeah, right? yeah, nice digression do you, there. <laughs> do you think they want like people docile in tanks? Do you think they want them working at jobs? What do you? It's two different things, right? So the transhumanist agenda for those that can afford it is you're going to be able to remain in your biological body and the advancements will allow you to at least double your lifespan. A lot of these thing, people think that, you know, Jared Kushner went on television two weeks ago and said, my generation is either going to be the first to live forever or the last to die. Now, Jared Kushner has billions of dollars to spend on that. The vast majority of us don't. The same people that are investing in that technology via things like Calico, which is run by Kurzweil and his Alphabet or Google's company on immortality. Then you have the people that want you to merge with the machines. And this is kind of the digital human or mind clone aspect of it. So at one aspect, the very rich believe that they're gonna be able to stay in their biological body, but 
then they're going to try to acclimate the rest of us to accept things like Neuralink, human brain interfaces, and beyond to the point where they get the populace to believe that they can actually upload their consciousness. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Into a digital hellscape, in my opinion, but this metaverse. So you're going to be spending so much time in the metaverse anyway, before the human brain interfaces. You're going to be acclimated to these things. And you're going to hate reality. Especially if you can't eat steak anymore and you can't have a burger and you can't travel because you can't afford your gas in your car. Like yeah. Th- like that dude in the Matrix, remember? He's eating the steak and he's like, I don't care. Mm. Well, first, before they do that, they need to put the human population on their knees. And I do believe this artificial scarcity, this energy crisis to bring it back to the topic that we were discussing here is the first step out of many steps in order to make the general population acquiesce by robbing people of their wealth and the ability to survive. Therefore, they will become dependent on the central controllers on big tech social media companies and these billionaires, eugenicists, and and other crazy people who do believe that they will be living forever as you mentioned from that comment by jared kushner who who openly said hey i'm taking care of my body i'm going to be living forever he said that pretty confidently and that's something that of course people should be thinking about the larger ramifications of because if we have elites that are living forever what's that what is everyone else going to be living to and how are they going to be controlled and stopped from living from ever and these people are essentially creating a situation where they're going to be the next gods and they're making themselves gods through this fourth industrial revolution with the technological progression that, that so, we have been making that is extremely dangerous and has a lot of implications that we haven't even thought about. So are you saying the Democrats are going to lose? <laughs> so, so can I roll I it say back it doesn't matter bit? because the, the, the billionaire bankers will, will bankroll and finance both of them and then screw everyone else over. Let me, let me uh, I'll pull up this story right here from Yahoo News. Jared Kushner says he's been trying to keep his body in shape because he might one day become immortal. Kushner, former President Donald Trump's son-in-law, said during a live stream this week he was keeping trim in the event that medical science allows him to live forever. During the stream, Kushner said that he had made it a priority to exercise more after leaving the White House, where he served as a senior advisor to Trump. Okay, let's just, can we, is, it, is this it? Yep, that's it. And, and, and then finally, I think that from, uh, you know, the last year, the one thing I've tried to put a priority on since I left the White House was, you know, getting some exercise in. I think that there's a a good probability that my generation is hopefully with the advances in science, either, you know, the, the, the first generation to live forever or the last generation that's going to die. And so uh, we need to keep ourselves in, in pretty good shape. And- I went to a meeting in Los Angeles with an organization, I think it was called the Senescence Foundation. Have you heard of that? Uh, a scientist, this was a decade ago. This is longer than a decade ago. This is 12 years ago. Scientist by the name of Aubrey de Grey was giving a presentation and I think he was the one who said this, that he said people under the age of 45 today will live to be, will live forever. And I, I could be, it's been a long time since so he may have said live to be a thousand or something. And he said, it's not because in the next 10 years, they're going to invent immortality or some kind of treatment. It's that the rate of solving human ailments will outpace the rate at which people are dying from ailments. So that means when you're 80, and your heart is failing, they will have developed a treatment to strengthen and revitalize your heart. 
then you live till 100. Then your brain starts going. But by then, they've already developed the brain treatment to fix your brain. Then the skin treatment. Then by the time you're 300 years old, they've got a treatment for everything. And now you're basically 300, but you look like you're 24. I'm telling you, man, yeah. if, if they have you in a tank of goo, they, you're moving very slowly. Your body's not aging rapidly. Maybe not even aging at all. But they, they that, don't that's need you in the tank universe. of goo. That's the thing. They don't need you in the tank of goo. And actually, my girlfriend. They don't want you in the tank of goo. Ian, yeah. you think they want you to be immortal? Well, well, the goo they're talking about life extension technology. Jason is dying to talk here. I'm going to let him talk in just a little bit. <laughs> but I just want to interject with, with two more points here. Uh, sorry, this is like the old days here i love it uh but but kushner again he, he's not a good person he's the guy who personally lobbied donald trump to bomb syria donald trump personally listened to him to do this he also personally lobbied to give a better weapons deal to saudi arabia saudi arabia that's committing one of the worst humanitarian crises right now in yemen these are not good people and these are these are the next people who are going to be gods in our society this is crazy jason go ahead so you talked about aubrey de gray my girlfriend actually interviewed him yesterday Oh, and uh, yeah, we were watching uh, Immortality Inc., which was a forum that he was on with Calico, by the way, the Immortality Division of Google. And it's I believe of Alphabet. It's, it's one of Alphabet's companies. Yes, yes. And then Richard Harari, who's a part of, I think, Longevity Inc. And, you know, we study this stuff. And he's talking about, like you said, regenerative technology. In other words, really de-aging and repairing the human body so that physiologically you could live for an indefinite amount of time. Now, this is why the sustainability agenda is extremely dangerous, okay? And how, it's like, how would they get there? So everybody saw Joe Biden at the Global Health Fund kind of go off to the side and look very confused and not, not know what he was doing, right? Did anybody actually listen to what he said? In a room full of people, first of all, introduced by Bill Gates, up on stage with Trudeau, Macron, all these other players, he talked about how the return for this financially for those that will invest is 31 to 1 in returns. Now, a lot of people have so said- who that, do I call to invest in that? Right? Well, I mean, if you want to get in on it, basically he said, for the nation states and NGOs that are um, putting in 1 billion, the United States is going to put in 2 billion. Oh. Okay, and guess who's paying for that 2 billion? It's me and you. I mean, that's going to be taxpayer money. But while they bring in these modes of control, we're going to be talking about insurmountable profits for these people. So they're motivated to control us and command us into these systems by profit and we pay for it. Biden may be just, you know, an empty vassal. He can still kind of read off the prompter. So that is the agenda in my opinion. And while they do that, sustainability is the code word for our standard of living going down. They're consolidating the actual resources and the control over technologies such as, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's several articles about it of bunkers in case things pop off here, whether it be that nuclear war or something else. And they're utilizing NASA tech. What if they already discovered immortality? And then like all of these wealthy elites like at a company, whatever, Calico, is it the company? Yeah, that's one of Alphabet's companies. Let's, let's, let's say they're sitting around and they're like, so uh, guys, we did it. We've figured out immortality. And then how much does it cost? Actually not that expensive. Maybe like 50 grand a person and your treatment will, will make you live forever. And then someone else went, but we don't want most of these people to live forever. They're kind of, you know, kind of dickheads. What do we do? How can we wipe out all of the people before giving only the good people immortality? Because if you give only the good people the immortality, you're only biologically immortal. You can still get crushed by a semi or something, mm -hmm. right? So what if, I, su I suppose what I'm trying to get at is, if all of this stuff is true and they really believe this, certainly Vladimir Putin knows a lot about this. Why then would he choose to go to war against it? Either, I think the obvious thing is, because he mentioned Satanism and weird stuff, 
he ideologically opposes whatever this is. Maybe it's coming from a religious place or he knows he's in on it and they're trying to call all of the nasty poor people they don't like. Yeah, your original theory ma makes a lot of sense here because a lot of the, the central controllers and elites that you mentioned that might have life extension technology already do already act like vampires and witches and a lot of them do look like vampires and witches. <laughs> so a lot of this makes perfect sense in my opinion. Sorry, you had something to say, Jason. I mean, when we speculate on these things, right, whether or not there's some kind of collusion behind the scenes on these technologies. All I can say is there is still collusion between Russia and the United States on a level that we're working together. Uh, just last week in Kazakhstan, Russia launched a U.S. astronaut into space with two Russian astronauts. There's still joint missions going on at the ISS. I think a lot of that has to do with post-World War II and the space race and the fact that Russia was the first one to put satellites into space that created ARPA into DARPA. We know about the Strategic Defense Initiative Program, aka Reagan's Star Wars program. We know that Russia has comparable uh, satellite systems and weapon systems in space as yeah. well. There was also Cyber Polygon, a joint network with the World Economic Forum and Russia and the United States working on war games and drills of a larger cyber attack on infrastructure that, of course, is also important to, to bring up that happened a couple of months ago. Yeah. So, so behind the scenes, I think there is a layer that goes a little bit further. Now, as to how far that layer goes, I think that's where you get into speculation. Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, one of my favorite people on earth, is 90, 99 years old <laughs> at the moment. Or I guess, yeah, he's 99. He'll be 100 in about six months. I wonder if it's like they've already established life longevity, but they're like, how long until they realize that we're not dead? Like, what if I'm 130 and they're still like, I wonder if we'll ever have life extension. Uh, they're 160. And they're like, when are we going to develop well, living forever? Let me say this. Cryogenics is still a very real thing. Whether or not you're going to be able to reanimate life after being cryogenically frozen. Again, kind of a speculative thing, but that technology does exist, is pushed very much in these transhumanist fronts. And I would argue that a lot of these people at the top already do really live longer lives than the vast majority of us. You just said Kissinger He's at 99. 99. Yeah. Look at Prince Philip, well into his 90s. David Rockefeller was like 101 yep. when he died. That's and, then, and then what happens is... Even John Rockefeller <laughs> when, lived like the a queen, long time. Like, once you're a world leader and you die, what they really do is bring you to the Genesis chamber where they de-age you and then claim you're a lost nephew or something. Yeah, they hit you with a large Hadron Collider. I'm just kidding. <laughs> John D. Rockefeller was I, I, well, Let's be real. Let's I have be to real. say this for the, for the internet's sake. I'm joking, by the way. I bet they've been doing life extension for If they had this technology, time. we would not be knowing about it. Let's be real. Well, John Rockefeller, 98 years old. In the 1800s, he lived till he was 98. What about uh, Walt Disney? Isn't there a conspiracy that Walt Disney uh, froze himself? <laughs> right? that, that's the cryogenic And that aspect. allegedly they made Frozen as a way to cover that up. That's what, that's a rumor what? that I heard yesterday. He was yeah, the, that main the main character. reason that they made uh, the movie Frozen was to, of course, make people look up Frozen Disney oh. and they wouldn't find out how, you know, the, the former head of Disney froze <laughs> That is the I, best yeah. conspiracy theory ever. Yeah. You mentioned speculation, Jason. I want to speculate you think do you think that there's behind the scenes a larger i don't know if cabal is the right word but class of people or, or people that are attempting to create a class system of wealthy you know yeah they're, immortals they're the predator class well those are the just the open transhumanists I, I don't think you have to speculate on that you can actually go into someone like ray kurzweil who is the head of calico and he's been writing about these things for literally 30 years okay now he argues that basically biological life on the planet is going to end and we are going to replace it um, with something that is not carbon-based. And these entities that we create will be so convincing 
that they have sentience and spiritual, um, uh, how do you say it, spiritual experiences that we will kind of cut our own throats and allot them laws in which they're able to take power. And they're going to be so convincing because they're going to be smarter than us. Now, I know this sounds incredibly wild, but Kurzweil, you know, he's the guy behind the Kurzweil keyboard. He's the guy that predicted the iPad and the iPhone 30 plus years beforehand. And I I don't say that just because he got those predictions right, that he'll get these ones right. But he's one of these people that talks about not only the virtual world, but also talks about energy. And here's the thing. So we're all worried about carbon credits and we're, we're worried about our carbon footprint. That's the big buzz term. You got to be worried about your carbon footprint and how much uh, bad things you're doing to uh, the environment. Well, Kurzweil argues that by 2030, we're going to be able to harness so much solar power, which is still a fraction, that we would be able to power the entire world and all of its knees 10 times over. So, you know, overpopulation is a myth. So there are some points that I actually agree with Kurzweil and I look into his warnings and there are other things like I don't think that we can become sentient beings of light in this singularity that he talks about approaching. Now, at the same time, you do have these open bioengineering programs. And for instance, two weeks ago, I think it is now, you had this new executive order on the bioeconomy and sustainability where they talk about monetizing um, the biology of the citizenry of this country and how they're going to do that. And they're looking into that. Forget about CBDCs, that's interesting enough. But this whole economy based on your biology really works into what Klaus and the gang, Klaus Nutschwab, likes to talk about with this fourth industrial revolution, that it becomes you. When you're monetizing the biology, is that like, uh, if your body has a certain genetic algorithm or code, that that will produce more credits for you'll be you'll be a richer person because your genetics are different klaus literally talked about having microchips inside of people fantasizing about this on stage at one of his meetings saying it would be great to be able to feel everyone and everyone would be able to feel me through a digital online computer that's that's in their in, in their brain so you can Ugh, yeah that, i want to feel so this is like the borg it sounds like from star yeah, trek literally well to answer your question what they'll do is they'll look at your physiology and then they'll have an algorithm based on how much work you can get done whatever the task they give you to do that right and then you'll probably be paid in a digit digitized tokenized system in the social credit score based on how you performed Right? It's just like neural pathways firing, accuracy, and things like that. If you look into, for instance, Rand Corporation put out a document called uh, Human Brain Interfaces 2040, and they go beyond even the Neuralink type devices where, and, and this is also very Kurzweilian, where you would just inject bio nanotech, and that would basically overtake your nervous system. And not only that, but the bio nanotechnology, once it gets into the trillions in your brains, it can actually shut off your version of reality. In other words, what, when I'm touching this and holding this and instead allow you to feel different physical and mental properties. Bro, that's that's the neural link thing, right? Well, without neural link. Well, that's... no, but, but what, I, what I mean is the idea is when they invent neural link, you're going to have these things, these implants, or I should say they're working on it now. But once they get to read, write access in your mind, the idea is like you'll wake up in the morning and you'll go oh, and you'll eat breakfast and then you'll go, got to go to work. You'll turn the Neuralink on and your eyes will like roll into the back of your head and you're just like, and then your body will zombie walk to McDonald's where you're flipping burgers. But in your mind, you're fighting dragons all day. Dude, you'll be like this. These eggs need more salt. Ah, Much saltier now. Like you'll just taste something different because you use your app. The the, the mom's going to be like, 
kids, honey, what do you guys want to have for dinner? Do you want to have, you know, Wolfgang Puck or do you want to have uh, Gordon Ramsay? And, oh, let's do Gordon Ramsay. And then she brings out a bunch of tofu cubes and cricket, cricket mush and she puts it on the table and she goes, okay, and swipe, swipe, and Gordon Ramsay. And then so just turns we're, we're joking right about this right now, but a thousand schools in Australia are feeding children cricket products and they're eating bugs already in Australia. Australia is one of the governments that have been, has been pushing a lot of these policies forward more than any other government out there, especially when it came to their COVID policies, especially now when it comes to their climate policies. And before all of this, their policies restricting people's ability to be able to, to defend themselves and also have firearms. So they are on the precipice. They had they have the most amount of, of young leaders coming from the World Economic Forum influencing their government. And their government is literally talking about implementing a central bank digital currency they have they have they have already set up literally quarantine camps inside of their country that they spent 580 million dollars building that only housed sorry imprisoned 2,168 people. According to Rebel News, that's account for nearly a quarter million dollars per guest did, during the COVID. Uh, you did know. you say a thousand kids? A thousand schools. A thousand schools. Spectator yep. Australia. A thousand Australian schools are fed insects. You will eat the bugs. You will live in the pod, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. Yeah, we laugh about this, we make jokes about this, but this is a reality in a lot of places around the world where this agenda is already moving forward uh, in many deceivious ways under the guise of, of helping people. This is not helping people. There's a, there's a lot of controversy, especially when it comes to the nutritional value, especially when it comes to the larger physical effects that people have when they do eat bugs. A lot of people don't like to talk about this, but the science, a lot of it is bunk. A lot of it is, of course, financed by individuals like Bill Gates that have an invested interest in pushing this. And, and Why do they want you to eat bugs so bad? Well, they're making, because they understand that, that if a person is healthy, they're not as dependent as, of course, the person who is unhealthy. And I think there's a big agenda to make people unhealthy. And I think this is why there's such a war against meat. What a lot of these people who call for this, this kind of singularity, who call for this fourth industrial revolution, a lot of what they have in common is also their bigger fight against meat. Meat's one of the most you know nutritiously dense food out there. You take away meat from the general public. As Bill Gates says, he wants Western society to be completely meatless in the next few years. When you, when you take away people's nutrition, you, you take away their ability for, for them to be strong and to resist the larger takeover of humanity, uh, yeah, which, is take, which is happening right now. Bill Gates is not uh, an, the image of health. Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. He has, he has man what, what are you talking about, man? Have man you seen that new corn video? <laughs> have you seen the new corn video? Oh, not yeah. Seen it? Oh, you haven't seen God. the corn video? Of course I've seen oh, it. I was okay. going to say. Uh, well, he's looking pretty fit. <laughs> Bill Gates, he's, I, think, I think he's, he's obese. I don't know if he's morbidly obese, but he's obese. He's, he's, obese got, he's sure. big. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a big fella. Yeah, that Bill Gates, he's... he's That's he's, sad. He's, you got one job, Bill. Be, be, be the, uh, the version of what you want to see in people. No, this is what it's going to be. You're going to be eating bugs while morbidly obese Bill Gates has got a mutton chopper. Or, or was it, uh, what is it? Mutton? Is it the big leg or whatever? Yeah. And he's going to be like... <laughs> Eat your crickets! Is there any way to ally with the Borg and come out better for it? No. no. It assimilates <laughs> You're just looking out for yourself, Ian. This is like, like, screw you guys. Like, plug me into the Matrix. Let me taste that juicy steak in the, in the metaverse. Is that what you're well, saying? Like, I feel like it's inevitably happening. Like, we're, it's the avalanche is cascading and we're riding it down the cliff right now towards the, the everyone, people plugging in, whether you want to or not, that society will. And then we'll either you'll become dangerous to society if you're not in it or you'll be forced to because you can't compete in the job market and you start to starve unless you get it. But like, 
if you're in there, like I think Captain Captain Jean-Luc Picard got assimilated by the Borg and somehow from within the network was able to twist it. But I could be wrong about that. No, no, he was he was in. And, and they, they had, had to break him out. Yeah, like there's no the Borg assimilates everything in its path. I don't think there's obviously you could you could create like some sort of Trojan from inside the system. But I mean, I just I'm want everyone just, to look at this picture. This just keep I talking, could be keep wrong. Talking. I could be wrong that it's that it's an avalanche in process. But what do you, do you get that vibe that it, <laughs> this this is what you're fighting for? I think that they're moving in that direction, and that no matter what happens politically there will be certain organizations that continue this work, right? I don't think you're going to be able to get rid of all of it, okay? But at the same time, I think that they vastly overestimate how much they're going to be able to control the general populace, meanwhile, empowering themselves with the real technology, right? Once technology goes public and people have their hands on it, that's when the real innovations always begin, right? And that's where you have the true maverick. So I'm hoping that as this stuff rolls out, it's the underground that utilizes it to empower humanity instead of enslave us. Just like a hammer can build a house, it can bash someone's head in. And they're trying to bash our heads in. Well, look at, the, look at this. Remember, everybody, this is what you're fighting for. That's right. Juiciness. That's mutton. Sauteed and I think that, is that Is that rosemary on top of you? That's rosemary. Is that, that rosemary? Oh, wow. Ooh, Put some beef liver up there. Have you guys seen Bill Gates is going to be sitting there holding the bone and just tearing off meat while you're on the ground in a potato sack, <laughs> wearing a potato sack, and you're going to have a bowl of crickets, and you're going to be like... Thank you, master. And he's going to be like, mm, get out of my side. That's, so, what, that's the world they want. So if Surf you haven't them. seen Upload, okay? It, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have that, you that, seen it? Is it Hulu or something? It's on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. But, but Amazon. it is this idea that you don't have to worry about dying anymore, that you are going to upload your consciousness. And, you know, not to give away too much of the plot, but that's what they want for the plebeian class. And the plebeian class is eating the printed foods. And the plebeian class is living in small apartments like your dorm. So in other words... You're on these dating apps, but they're not dating apps. They're pure hookup apps. Everything's everything's recorded, so your sex is recorded, everything, and you're having sex next to your roommate, right? And they just have like a VR helmet, so they're not paying attention. You're in like a four by four room. You're going on dates where your food's printed. And then you get to the people that are running the show, and they have chicken, and they have steak, and they're not driving the automated vehicles that are this big, and they're not in the small apartment. And the rich, will when they the rich be people die, humans? when the rich people die, they get uploaded to like the estates where it's like this luxurious afterlife, and poor people have pay-as-you-go where they're in like this sterile white box. And if you talk too much, you're burning through data, and then you just get frozen when you run out, and someone's got to re-up you. So you just zonk out. And then you come to a month later when someone finally pays the bill to to turn you back on. Or yes, you got, or you got to fill out the, death. or you got to fill out the Excel sheets and do all the lame paperwork for all the ruling elites. You know, yep. it even has a voting aspect to it. So you know, one of the run, running themes in it is somebody who's you know already uploaded themselves and then can leave that universe through one of these entities or robots, robots. that they build. Yeah, that you've seen it. Yep. Um, and they talk about how the reason they're doing this and they're offering a free upload. Like he said, most of these are monetized and there are certain tiers, but there's this place you can go to now that's kind of like this utopian upload. And like people are getting in line and bringing their babies with them because it's their only chance. And once you upload, you're dead. See, that's the kind of running joke. It it takes your entire head off, right? But one of the reasons that they're, they bought this infrastructure and are bringing people into it is because they want to change the voting uh, records. So basically they want certain candidates in 
and they want to get rid of the class of people that would vote against those candidates. Well, dystopic twist, the people that are eating the chicken and the lamb while the plebs are all in their cars are also going to be a eating human meat because what you said, they cut them off at the neck. They keep the brain alive so that the person doesn't know that they're just a brain, but they take the bodies for consumption. So I don't think write it into a movie. people are going to have to eat people. They're not going to the have to, Tim. people are going to have... Nobody's going to have to do it. <laughs> You're saying they want I'm, to Once people. they get the taste, it's going to be like, oh, this is perfect. And it's population reduction. Oh, man. You, Look, you, it's a little too much for me. Let's yeah. Put it, yeah, but that's why we've got to make a movie about it first. You make Just me want to bring up a cannibal up. story. It's so bizarre. I don't even know if I should. We, we are, we're going off the deep end. we got to save some of it for the members. Show. I mean, do, do you guys know about this Utah case at all? What no. Utah case? So there's a case out in Utah right now that is into ritualistic child abuse. Okay? And apparently there was an investigation that happened in the 80s and the 90s that was thrown out of court. It was revamped this year during an election year to the point where a person named David Levitt went on public television and said, I don't abuse children and I'm not a cannibal. <laughs> These are all lies. Huh. And you're like taken back. Whoa, what's going on here? And basically, if you reread this case, he was named with a group of other people into some really like Texas chainsaw massacre type stuff on children, the stuff that you couldn't believe. Well, one of his associates got arrested this week named David Hamblin. And David Hamblin got arrested for hypnotizing and sexually abusing children while taping them at the six and seven year old range. And this is in that same time period. And they also arrested another person in law enforcement in Utah that may or may not be connected. Now these people are being held without bond or bail either. And Levitt lost his election. He was, I think a Utah County prosecutor. And many people believe that he's going to be the next to be arrested once his term is actually up and they're waiting for that because he already knew these guys and he knew he was the one being investigated. Now, when these kind of stories come out, I'm just like taken aback because I don't know one way or another. But the children seem to obviously be abused. They have the physical evidence that they were and they have a bunch of eyewitness uh, testimony. So it's interesting. I want to jump to this story and talk about the future of humanity and man. The Guardian. Study links in utero forever chemical exposure to low sperm count and mobility. PFAS, now found in nearly all umbilical cord blood around the world, interfere with hormones crucial to testicle development. Could this be why there are so many soy boys? They say polyfluoroalkyl, polyfluoroalkyl, is that how you say it? Yeah. yeah. Substances are known to disrupt hormones and fetal development, and future reproductive capacity is largely defined as defined as testicles develop in utero during the first trimester of a pregnancy, said study co-author Sandra Sogard, Totenberg, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, of the Copenhagen University Hospital. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Quote, it makes sense that exposure to substances that mimic and interfere with the hormones involved in this delicate process can have consequences for semen quality later in life. Yeah, but if you're talking about, you know, mangling up somebody's uh, somebody's boys while they're in the womb, isn't that going to impact a lot more than that? You know, we got a lot of soy boys with low sperm counts. Could it be that these PFAS gummels? I was talking about this because a lot of people 
you know, uh, seemed, seemed to have forgotten when Alex Jones came out and said they were turning the frogs gay. He's talking about atrazine and endocrine disruptors. So I was saying it's also PCBs and phthalates. That there's a bunch of studies showing that those things can mess with people's brains and development. Now we've got this story. This is from, this is from today on The Guardian. This new study saying that these, these chemicals, polyfluoroalkyl, al, is that you pronounce it? I don't know, whatever. I think so. Uh, uh, is lowering sperm counts. And uh, I got to imagine, what you know, the ubiquitous chemicals are estimated to be in 98% of Americans' blood, and they can cross the placental barrier and accumulate in the growing fetus. A recent analysis of 40 studies of umbilical cord blood from around the world found that PFAS were detected in all 30,000 samples. So someone want to look this up. What are these? What are these? What is this chemical for? And why is it everywhere? Why has everybody got it? Yeah. Why not? Why, well, they're called forever make. chemicals because they're impossible to get rid of and they keep being persistent and there's no natural way of them being filtered out or dealt with. This is why some people call them forever chemicals. And this is why some scientists have labeled them this. I tried to look up the NIH's.gov page on it and it says it no longer exists. Are you getting that error? error well, I got well? it I got it here on Wikipedia, per and polyfluoral alkyl substances. And uh, it just explains what it is, but I'm wondering, like, why is it everywhere? You know, like, what, what well, a lot of this, a lot of a lot of people connect this to, to plastic. Teflon. Whoa. Uh, look at this. Look and, at this. Wow. And uh, nonstick chemicals. Yeah. Yep. Teflon and or aqueous film forming foam. So what, what, what are we scraping the Teflon off the, pl the pans? And yeah. Nonstick pans and a lot of our packaging and a lot of our consumer goods. A lot of our clothing also is is filled with a lot of chemicals that absolutely affect us. There's PFAs, there's microplastics, there's other endocrine disruptors, there's seed oils, there's people not getting any kind of sunlight, there's vitamin deficient diets. There's so many things you could point to when it comes to the destruction, the, the physical destruction of the modern man. And when I, when I tweeted this story, I tweeted, there's a secret chemical war for your balls, your, ba your balls are losing. And when you look at the, the rates of, of, of testosterone, you look at the rates of sperm counts, dramatically declining in dangerous levels to the point where Jared Kushner's comments could be correct when he said we might live forever or we might be the last people to die because the, the, because people aren't having children, people can't have children, miscarriages are up dramatically as well. And this to me is a part of the larger depopulation agenda that is also plaguing the world right now. I, I think, you know, the mistake that Jared Kushner made when he said that he was, you know, gonna live forever or be the last to die is that if there's one thing you want to avoid when you're hated by millennial leftists is Harry Potter references. And, you know, Voldemort was like, only I can live forever. And so for Jared Kushner to go on TV and say something like that, it's like, dude, they're already calling Trump Voldemort. You don't need to help them out with the only cultural reference they have. <laughs> right. I've been thinking about these PFAs, like we're talking about uh, perfluoroalkyl. And like I, I microwave plastic. I probably should stop doing it completely. But yeah. I have like these bacon, these single wrap bacons. And I put yep. it in the microwave for 10 seconds and then eat it. And it's like just the, the plastic is like rubberized when I pull just it out. Just eat the plastic. Just, 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 just take it all in yeah, People yeah. are finding plastic in people's lungs, in people's blood. That's how far plastics have uh, impacted humanity. That's, that's a level that is not normal. That is not okay. That is affecting our human bodies in very negative ways. You know, out of all the chemicals, I didn't hear anybody mention bisphenol A, and BPA was the first thing to wake me up via Alex Jones when I was working him, with him in 2009, I think. And I, I remember my girlfriend at the time, we were sitting there talking, and I brought it up, and I said, you know, this stuff is in our plastics, it's leaching, it's in a lot of our canned goods, and she goes, Jason, I just, I can't. They, 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 no, Jason, they're not feminizing people. They would never do that. And... 
You wonder to yourself, is this part of a larger program to utilize these chemicals in everyday products to really I, I, change humanity? No, I think it's more likely that a company, you know, when, when plastics were first developed, you got to understand, go to these antique shops. Everything's metal and glass. It's really crazy to see a can of juice. You know, it's like a big can, an oil can. It's like, wow, now everything is plastic these days. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot easier to mold. And then all of a sudden they started saying like, hey, maybe this is really, really bad. And you get these bottled water companies and they're sitting there going, so what are you, what are you telling me? Well, the phthalates and the plastic are leaching into the water because it's sitting for too long. And you got biphenols and polyphenols. People are ingesting it and it's causing problems with their endocrine system and their kids. Okay, so what do we do? You got to get rid of the plastic. Yo, that's going to cost us billions of dollars. We can't afford that. The company would cease to exist. How much to make the study go away? That, what I think is more likely is that there's too much developed in the economy into using plastics. Nobody's going nobody's to want to go back to using metal everything. It's too heavy. Plastic's super light. That's why you need graphene because it's lightweight. Carbon. Is the, on, the only way forward is to worst, get away from plastics is to go into graphene, I think. It'd be funny if, the best way. if all of it, like we discover in like 70 years, graphene leaches into your water and then people yeah. are drinking it. Well, at least it's, it's Graphene is the next lead. Well, it's, <laughs> right? it's carbon. It's not, it's not lead. It's not, pla it's, I mean, plastics are carbon based too, but it's just pure carbon. So hopefully it's not as bad. Uh, yeah. You know, everything's got a downside to it. I yeah, think that plastics are crazy. I've heard, and I don't know if you guys can confirm this, that all the fluoride that has been, maybe not all, but fluoride being put in the water was partly industrial waste. They didn't know what to do with the industrial fluoride waste, so they were just like, just put it in the water. It's the aluminum waste. It's conspiracy theory. Aluminum waste. It's the aluminum waste because there's different types of fluoride. So you have uh, stanzid fluoride, and then you actually have uh, calcium fluoride, which is natural and has very different properties. So you can drink water that has calcium fluoride in it and it's not going to give you the same effects as the aluminum byproduct that you're talking about which is um stands of fluoride so maybe those were conflated in what i'd read i don't know maybe they're putting the calcium fluoride in the water well no i believe that the calcium is only there naturally and that whether i remember okay so we'll go back to infowars i remember when rob dew went to the austin water plant and the bags of the fluorides have the death's head on them. And anybody can go watch those videos. But it says, look, this isn't a concentrated form. This is extremely deadly. I'm not sure that we would want to put that in uh, water, even in diluted form, would we? But somehow we're doing that. It's the most electrically, uh, what's elastic chemical uh, element, fluorine. And it, that means it's the most likely to take an electron away from something else, causing free radical damage. Well, also, it's important to note here that a lot of the hormones, a lot of the prescription drugs that a lot of people are on, uh, especially when it comes to things like birth control, those never really get filtered out. There's no way of kind of getting rid of those chemicals. And a lot of times public drinking water is found to have substances that are from big pharma that were never uh, filtered out that do have an effect on human beings. And I think that also plays into the bigger role of what's happening here when it comes to the, the chemical castration of the modern man that is being chemically uh, you know, engineered to uh, be the, the way that the men are. And I think it's only going to get worse from here. I want to clarify, uh, fluorine is the most electronegative element. I think electronegativity is a type of electroelasticity, meaning that it's... But electronegativity means it's, will, it's most likely to snag an electron away from something and take, cause molecular breakdown. Take a look the, at this graphic. The effects of, of PFAs, it includes low birth weight, obesity, early puberty onset. This is in babies. Pregnancy-induced hypertension preeclampsia, increased time to pregnancy, low sperm count and mobility, increased miscarriage risk, and it negatively impacts 
everybody else as well. Wikipedia has got a study up here. This is actually an, an older study from, from last year, February 2021. Hormone disrupting chemicals, including PFAs, are linked with rapid declines in human fertility. There you go, baby. And they call them forever chemicals, these PFAs, because they, and technically not forever, but. Isn't close. margarine plastic? I don't know. I stopped eating it. I heard horrible things about it. Yeah, it is horrible. Margarine ingredients. I mean. Mar is it true that margarine is almost plastic? Da, 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 da. Might be almost, yeah. Uh, it is not. It's a misinterpretation. Is that what it is? Chemically speaking, yes. Margarine is almost plastic because it has all the same molecules as plastic except for one. But that isn't how organic compounds work. Like literally anything margarine is formed by molecules since everything is blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, I don't know, man. I can tell the difference between butter and margarine. Butter and margarine. I think anybody can. I think everybody can. One tastes bad and one tastes good. That's it. But maybe the quality of our store-bought butter is just so awful that, you know, a lot of people couldn't tell the difference anymore. But I, my, my thing is just stop eating the fake stuff. Brominated. What is that? You know, brominated flowers or something? Yeah, you got potassium Bromine. bromate. Uh, yeah, what does that do? It's I, like I a leavening bad. agent, uh, but also they found it in yoga mats. It's a chemical that causes, what is it, like the fluffiness in yoga mats, and then they put it in bread. It's banned in, in France. It's banned in a lot of Europe. Wow. I hear that's like, it's like New York pizza has a ton of that stuff. Oh, God. And I, yeah. I swear that when you make your own bread, I mean, you just, you digest it so easy, but a lot of that, you don't know who's got it. I mean, I can't look at like Papa John's, that maybe, maybe you can find the ingredients, but like you get a pizza box. It doesn't say on the pizza box if these potassium bromate in the bread which it so probably should we get you know we got chickens and uh the eggs are all just weird sizes you go to the store you open up the egg thing and they're all identical all white yeah you go in the in the coop all these different chickens some are like oblong some like we, we we've had one i think where it's an egg and an egg like that happens sometimes we, we have a whole bunch of double yolks it's just like they're all different one's like copper brown one's green one's blue and they're all shaped different in different sizes and then i'm reading ingredients for like baking it's like Two large eggs. And I'm like, what does that mean? If you go to the store and you're living in the modern world, you're getting this mass-produced generic crap. You open it, all the eggs are the same. For me, I'm like, I don't know what two eggs means. These ones are big. These ones are small. What am I supposed to give me? Give me ounces of egg or something. But my, I'm, I'm just bringing this up because, for one, y'all know that I love chickens. But what I'm trying to say is you should be doing what you can to eat as naturally as possible. We don't, we don't have these. We, we do have plastic water bottles. But I make a point to buy glass water bottles. And we have ref we, we typically have reusable uh, glass water bottles that we fill up with our own filters, added minerals. So we're on well water, so we don't got any gunk in it. There's natural gunk that exists in well water, obviously, but you filter it out. It's got this UV thing that the water passes through, killing all the bacteria. And then we put it in glass bottles and we bring it up to the studio. Or we just get these, these Aquapana, Toscana, Italy Italian water. We're drinking Italian water in glass bottles. Look at us. Huh? You know, I got a fancy pants here, but uh, okay. but there's a big difference between store-bought eggs and, and eggs that you naturally have from your own chickens, but you also should test your land for lead if you are going to be eating those eggs. And to clarify, potassium bromate is not the stuff in yoga mats. It's called um, azodicarbonamide. It's a dough conditioner that also... And they put that in our pizza? They put... Uh, it's an industrial blowing agent, azodicarbonamide, known to trigger asthma, but then it's breakdown... It's... It's the breakdown products of azodicarbamide. Um, yeah, it's in it's in dough. Azodicarbamide is a dough conditioner. Also, is an industrial blowing agent. You know, it's um, nasty as hydrogenated oils. You, it's just you got to get back to butter and cream, man. Oh, I do like butter and cream. Butter and cream. <laughs> yeah, but so you know, Luke's been talking about seed oils and all that stuff too. 
You got the trans fats, you got hydrogenated oils and all this other weird garbage. There was this place, I remember, it was an ice cream shop. I'm gonna keep the details vague because I don't want to rag on them, but I go into this place and they say it was a vegan, it was, it was vegan ice cream or whatever. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And they said, there's no dairy in any of our ice cream. You just get ice cubes. It was, it was <laughs> basically, they took Crisco, hydrogenated Ooh. vegetable shortening with sugar and flavor and then churned it and it tastes good. And so when I when I was like, what is it? And it's basically like vegetable oil whipped and frozen. I'm like, that's gross. Yeah. It, I'm going to eat the cream from the cow and I'm going to enjoy it. In New Hampshire, they, they had the exact opposite of that. There's a there's a farm where I usually stay at that, that has a bunch of cows that are just running around, not, not in big factories, but are free to roam. And they have an ice cream place and they make the ice cream from the raw milk from the cows that are in the pasture. And it is like the most incredible ice cream you could ever have. There's pup cups that my dog goes absolutely crazy for. I, I just got her like a store but pup, pup, pup cup. She doesn't care. She doesn't but, want it. But, but, but that one with the raw milk, she just went absolutely Raw milk nuts. is illegal. Well, it depends on what you're doing with it. If you're trading it within state lines, there's a, a bunch of jurisdiction and bureaucracy and what, government in what there. What they do out here and, and many But they places. passed a law in New Hampshire where you could make ice cream out of it. And, and, and right. yeah. What they do is you buy a percentage of a co-op and now as an owner, you can have the raw milk. And then it's like, you just got to pay your share or whatever. So as an owner, you're allowed to have it. There's also what they do is they sell it as pet milk, saying not for human consumption. But everybody knows what that means. So they'll, they'll, they'll tell you. It's like, oh, it's for pets. And they'll grab it and they'll just drink it. It's like, uh-huh, sure, whatever. I mean, for that matter, you could eat dog food. I, I probably doesn't taste good. I wouldn't recommend it. But it's not like, I don't know. Probably shouldn't. But if you got the nanobots in your brain and it tastes like ground beef, so so be it, right? It's going to have all the nice little nutrients in it, your little dog food, your pellets, your but allotment. So, but so here's a question, though. Mm -hmm. if Is it a bad thing if you could... Open up an app and make your bad food taste like good food. I mean, is that bad food actually good for you physiologically? Well, well let's just say the let's just say you've got. Have you ever had Soylent? No. So I remember when Soylent first came out, and it was like I guess the name was supposed to be a gag, and the idea was to make total meal replacement. It's impossible to do, by the way, because humans are unique. So what they realized was when they put all of the stuff and then oil into this one shake, if you're six foot five, it's not going to do it for you. If you're five foot five, it might be too much. But anyway, this stuff, when it first came out, tasted like cardboard. I'm not trying to be mean. It literally tasted like cardboard. But it had all these delicious nutrients. Would it be a bad thing if you could just be like, press a button and taste like a chocolate milkshake? That's tough, You're getting man. good nutrients, everything you need, all right there. And it's not made of people. It's just, it was, a, it was like made of oats and vitamins. I mean, that's the question. Do you want to live in an illusion or reality? Is that really an illusion? I mean, you're getting your nutrients, and the reality is it tastes great, even though it doesn't taste great unless you are, I guess, biochemically you, changed. You or, wouldn't want to flick the switch on the Neuralink and then be transported into Middle Earth where you're battling, you know, I'm a big fan of reality, Tim. Reality? <laughs> I'm a big fan of reality. I, I Listen, I like the VR stuff, too. I'm a video gamer as well. Hell, I'm replaying uh, Saints Row 2 right now, you know, for a little R&R, &R, but... I think when you get to the point where you can no longer tell the difference between what is reality and what is a virtual environment, you have many, many ethical questions that obviously run down to the extremes of what the matrix presents. And if you're going to do that with food in particular, you know, how do you know 
that it's actually as healthy for you. Unless you're getting your blood work done every week or every month, or we do have the Internet of Bodies, where literally that program is running it, you don't know. We've been lied to how many times about what's in our food, what's in our medicines, what's in the, you know, the products that we use to uh, keep up with our hygiene, such as just aluminum and deodorants, and that's on a micro level. So for me, I'll take the real deal anytime. I'll take the delicious cream Amish ice cream that I used to have in Fort Plain, and it was delicious. Like you said, you'd actually see them pour the milk into the machine. It would come out and be like sweet and be like, oh my goodness, I can't get this in a store. I think you can replicate a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's really just a cheap imitation. Yeah, almost everything in the supermarket is trying to kill you. That's what I say and scream out loud as I'm walking through the supermarket and be like, hey, this is cancer. This is going to kill you. And everyone's looking at me like I'm crazy because I kind of am. Uh, but uh, partly true. I get these. this tech is like bending your state of mind for you so you don't have to do it yourself. Like when you eat a food, you can kind of decide, am I going to let make myself enjoy this or am I going to let myself find it gross? Psilocybin mushrooms, for instance, for me, I know they grow on cow poop. So when I taste it, it tastes like salty cow poop i'm like oh i'm gonna vomit and i think about it and it makes me nauseous but then i'm like no 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 it just tastes like salty chewy goodness and i'm tasting it and it's like actually it's really good so like the neural net can do that for me but i have to override my own sensual perceptions to force myself to see it in a new way i, I think it's lazy to rely on technology to do that for us i already know it's gonna happen it's gonna be like 15 years from now Ian's going to have like his hair's cut really short and he's wearing a suit. <laughs> Me and Luke are going to be like running through a sewer with like, you know, plasma rifles. And then we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're like running through. It's like dark and there's a little light shining down. And Luke's like, go left, left, left. We turn left and then all of a sudden like a, a robot comes out and then fires like its fist and like knocks us back. Ian walks up from behind us and goes, stop running. Just accept it. And we're like, Ian, what happened to you, man? And then he grabs us and he sticks the Neuralink. And we're like, no. And then we should he have never gave us. him a voice. I am. <laughs> Why did we give him a voice? Oh, geez. Did you ever read A Wrinkle in Time? I love that book. Yeah. It's one of my oh, favorite. The youngest, 20 years. the youngest brother goes and interfaces with the brain and then becomes part of the brain. And it's like, man, he's just is the brain now. It, it's completely taken over him. And don't they also have those kind of fake environments when they go, like when the main character goes into the city and everybody's kind of an automaton? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Things are gray and white and black. And then, but they don't see it that way. The people in the brain and the machine don't, they see gorgeous. You know, Did you guys read the sequel to it? No. no. There was a sequel to it. It was one of those books they made us read when we were kids. Yeah. And I barely remember any of it. But I did read that. And then I think the sequel was called A Wind in the Door or something yeah, like that. A Wind at the Door. Yeah, Wind at the Door. They made a, they made a movie and then nobody wanted to see it. Yeah, I, I, I showed it to my nieces, but I couldn't get into it. It had Oprah in it. Oh. <laughs> it could be that interfacing with the machine is like the one ring. Like, I think I can handle it. I think I can go in and then somehow help people break out when the time is, when the moment is right, but that I'll get get lost in it. And then people, like you'll say, That's why get out, wake up! That's why Ian's going to be chasing down me and Luke as we're running through the sewers. Like, I'm the Darth Vader character that thought I could handle it. And you guys are like, no, it's too much. No, you're just like, once you have the neural link, you'll understand. Mm -hmm. And then he grabs Luke and I'm like, Luke, no. And Luke's like, help. And then he sticks it in Luke's neck and then Luke's like, ah, everything is great, Tim. You'll enjoy it too. And I'm like, no, Luke. God. <laughs> Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member at TimCast.com. Click that little join us button because we're going to have a members only uncensored show coming up at 11 p.m. over at TimCast.com. But now we will read your Super Chats. And we have many. Michael Painter says, YouTube just terminated Ricada Law. He was live streaming 
the Wisconsin Christmas Parade Massacre Court Proceedings. We've heard it is, I, I call shenanigans. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. USLS says you you guys are not ready for Jason Burmis. Burmis Brigade, Brigade, we are here. Technically, it's the Boomer Brigade. But Boomer Brigade. You love that Boomer <laughs> stuff. What are we, like three years apart, Luke? I think I'm like three years older than you. doesn't matter. You still are. Dude, if anyone gets a chance to have a conversation with Jason Burmis, I highly recommend it. It was mental boot camp like i said earlier on the show i've already learned a ton of stuff we'll just use all those tabs for them for the members only yeah. all right raymond g stanley jr says out of the ashes rises a rooster of monumental hen mating roberto jr will lead the cast castle into the golden age of smashing the life button gold chains and luke milkers though still the second best junior in the you gotta watch the cast castle episode that we just put up i don't want to spoil it so we'll save the spoilers for the for for next week but it's cast castle civil war it's funny. All right. Elisha Kramer says, thanks for finally having Jason on. Most discerning mind in alt media. Hope you have him on a regular basis. He'd be a great addition. Well, certainly we will have Mr. Jason back. Let's see what we got here. Khaki Fantastic says, love your show. I'm a member. Getting audio clipping from your mics these past couple of weeks. Checked across multiple headsets and, and devices. I don't know. Thank we- you for the feedback. <laughs> Get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> just kidding but thank you restless medic says of course OPEC screwed the US over half of the count uh, half of the countries are either in the Middle East or North Africa both have some pretty good reasons to hate the US and our sphere doesn't surprise me in the least fourth turning baby could it be World War three I don't know that's one way to phrase it I don't even know if the definition matters what we call it right now mm-hmm. but there's definitely a world order shift or an and then a lot of people are trying to decide what it's going to become I would argue even we're past World War Three. I mean, what is the war on terror? You know, if millions of people die in the Middle East, that's not a world war. Why? You know what I mean? I, I guess it's all semantics, but I suppose if you got to the level of World War Three and they were fighting with tactical nuclear weapons and beyond, I guess it, it changes the game. OMG Puppy says the world is not afraid Russia will start a nuclear war. They're afraid that America will start a nuclear war. Everyone can see that Biden's administration is out of control. That's right. It's like that dude was saying on Bloomberg. You know, the people in America can be like, Russia must have done this, blowing up Nord Stream. Everyone else in the world is like, yeah, the U.S. did it. Or British intelligence. Hostile bogey and bound says, with a Geiger counter in my hand, I'm going out to stake me some government land. Uranium fever. Is that a reference to something? That was awesome. Awesome chat. John Casey says, this is for Jason's therapy group for people who've known Luke Rudkowski. Uh (laughs) There you go. Guy Rainey says, hey, Ian, you made a wrong comment Friday. London isn't, dividing, isn't the dividing line between East and West. Jerusalem is. God's promises are eternal. Line of is that what it is? Um, oh, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. Because, Russia's in the West. Because like Germany would be considered the West, even though it's East of London, right? It wouldn't be considered the East. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and much of Europe. Yeah, yeah. Let me, I'm going to double check that right now. Thank you for bringing that up. David Scott says, no notification for IRL tonight. Had to search my subscriptions. Be the notification you want to see from YouTube. 
because we're hearing more and more stuff like this a month out from the election. So share the URL to this video wherever you can. Actually, I forgot to do that earlier too myself, so that's on me. Ian Kinney says, if you're going to talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis, don't forget to talk about Operation Northwoods. There's no such thing as Operation Northwoods. It's fake news and a conspiracy, and, and I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I'm just kidding. That was when, uh, was it L.L. Lemnitzer proposed blowing up uh, planes and blaming Cuba and then having people attack Florida and claim it was Cuba? And then JFK was like, yo, we're not, we're not doing that. I think the most interesting part about that is that the aircraft that they were going to use in both cases were remote controlled back in the 60s. So they said that they were going to paint up one of their military aircraft as a Russian MiG. Again, we're going to blame the Ruskies. And then the commercial aircraft would also be drone technology. So you had like this double drone false flag in the works. And they even said they were going to have funerals for some of the people that were allegedly on the plane. I'm very glad that uh, JFK said no to that plan. Um, what I was talking about is the, what's called the prime meridian. It's the dividing. It's where everything west of it is considered western longitudinal. Everything east is eastern longitudinal. To the, on the, and that is through London, England. Yeah, the line of demarcation, prime meridian. Is it, it's where? It's in London, England. It's in, Man oh. it's in uh, Greenwich. They call it Greenwich Standard Time, I think, and that's the zero point. So we're like negative Greenwich to negative five on the East Coast yep. in the U.S. Grofty says, declassify cast castle number six, issues with playback on the members' side, 20s. Uh, okay, well, if anybody is listening, I'll, I'll send a message. I don't know, do you want to message somebody? Well, yeah, what was the message? I guess they're saying that cast castle isn't playing properly or something. Hmm. I don't I'll know. Have to take a look at that. We will take a look. Let's grab some of these super chats. Andre Tukulescu says, this sounds like the plot of The Sum of All Fears. What was that movie about? Nuclear war? Something like that? I didn't see it. Nope. All right. La Rod Muell says, hey, Tim, just letting all of YouTube know, YouTube just nuked Rakeda Law Channel. That's right. And we call shenanigans on that. So we'll, we'll, we'll I, don't, I don't know if anyone's heard anything else, but. Quispy Joe says, FML notifications again. Is there a way I can send you proof of censorship? What did, what did we, what, what was the email we created? Oh. Shadow banned? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Is it shadow banned at timcast.com? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> you set it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Void Raptor says, why is Luke still wearing those fake tatas? What are you trying to say here, huh? <laughs> That's all muscle. That's all muscle, baby. Abyss Mom says, yay, Ian is back. It has been tested and it's boring without you, mate. You keep Tim focused. Lids make y'all the YouTube trinity. Thanks, oh. Abyss Mom. Poison Fist says, were lockdowns practice for an asteroid fallout? Was the NASA test strike practice radiation fallout global percussive explosions? John E. Hoover. I don't know what that is. What is that? They, I know NASA tried to send an asteroid off course. They didn't try. They did it. They, did they it. just did DART. I mean, DART's been a program they've been uh, talking about. And, and here's the thing. Uh, I think that this is another contrived way of putting us into fear. Uh, they have this system that alerts them to how many asteroids are in the vicinity. And that technology has gotten progressively better year after year. So guess what? They're detecting more and more uh, asteroids in that field year after year. And just last week, uh, they actually showed a video of it. Uh, basically, they used their uh, rocket technology and DART to hit an asteroid and blow it off course and send it in the other direction. Triton54 says, Tim, 21-year Navy vet, expertise in nuclear power, ACDC machinery, and submarine storage batteries. Do you have a need of a master electrician in Freedomistan willing to relocate me, my German Shepherd, my armory, and FFL immediately? 
I don't know, Luke. Do we got a need for an FFL? I think we could always use an FFL. You know, it's not, it would be nice to have one. Yeah, send me an email. Uh, my email's on timcast.com. Take a look. Send me an email. And uh, yeah, it would be great to have a, an armory in an FFL. That's something we could use, right? Absolutely. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, a legal invasion is only if the U.S. does it. That's right, even without congressional approval. How about that, huh? That's right. Yeah. I. Kefka says, why wouldn't you use nukes? They nuke, we respond with normal conventional warfare, just means they again use more nukes, or am I missing something? If Russia nukes Poland, we respond NATO with conventional. Russia nukes DC, we nuke back. What I'm saying is, unless they nuke us, I don't see the US utilizing nuclear weapons against Russia. Maybe giving some to other NATO countries is a deterrent. I guess we'll only just wait and see. Uh, I hope you guys have taken this seriously. I'll tell you, all the people in the city who mock preppers, they're the ones who are concerned right now. And all the preppers are sitting back on a rocking chair with their cigar, just being like, yep, this is what I am ready for. The Anvil says, if Russia uses nuke, the U.S. will no longer have secret weapons. They will all with intent be seen by the world. That's the thing, man. You know, what, what is that thing you talk, walking plasma or something? Talking, talking plasma. Yeah. yeah, it's where they take a, multiple laser beams, focus them into a point in the sky or wherever, and create a ball of plasma that they can move around really fast. They think they're UFOs on radar. They're like, how could a craft move that quick? It's a lasers. And uh, they can transmit sound through that into the... I think that when we're talking about like silicon-based life and carbon-based life, that they're going to create light beings that are basically talking plasma and you think they're real people. Well, my point is just the weapons they have you don't know about. You think it's like, oh, they're going to use nukes, bro. That was 80 years ago. Yeah, and there's like one story on talking plasma I've ever seen. Uh, you try and look up. Uh, this is just like easy technology that they've been working on, I would imagine. Lethal Strain says, isn't Directive 51 designed to build upon a designated survivor situation? Basically, the idea is if the government collapses, there's a protocol for restarting it, but it's just ridiculous and it can be abused. That's that's it. JJ says, Guardians of the Looking Glass got it right. Research it. American Special Forces has been teeing to reach out, trying to reach out. Is that what you're saying? Hmm. Nathan Hillison says, late fact check for Ian from a fan slash pig farmer. Piglets are only euthanized for terminal conditions where piglets are, uh, where piglets are suffering. Dead pigs means less money and the farmhands dislike doing it. I saw some undercover footage of a guy working in the pig farm just indiscriminately taking it out on the pigs. How do you know it's indiscriminate? Uh, it was just a baby pig, grabbed it by the back leg and started smacking its head on the concrete till it maybe was dead. It, I maybe mean, that's it, not the way you euthanize something. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Well, then that's is a it, bad it, practice it, if that's how you euthanize pigs. Have you ever seen someone like, I don't know, shoot a deer? Um... Like, we're going to kill it and eat it. We put it in meat grinders. You know what yeah, I mean? They throw the chicks it, into meat grinders. You don't smash its head with a rock to death. Like, there's a way to kill something without causing it in, insane pain. Like, the pig was squealing but, as well, he was my, beating it on point. the ground. Here's my point. That may be. I should I don't pull know. it up. I, ca I kind of feel like it's probably not. I'm just saying, if you don't know, well, you for, need to watch out for propaganda. Exactly. And for someone to say that they know what all pig farmers do, that's also, you don't know. You haven't seen what I've seen, and I haven't seen what you've seen, but I'm telling you, I've seen video of guy beating the pig to death by smashing it on the ground whether you want to call it euthanasia or not i don't know have you ever seen how they actually kill cows like have you seen the co how they do the kosher no 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 the kosher cow killing oh like halal yeah, yeah. is that what it is they put in this big machine that spins it upside down and they slit its throat yeah like none of it is nice for the animal but we kill animals and eat them you know i don't know i mean it sounds bad 
But that's the problem. I don't trust these people. They'll film someone doing something and then they'll be like, look how bad that was. And you'll realize that's like they're mandated to do it or something. I'm not saying that, that they are. I'm saying for all I know, the FDA has been like, we don't allow external tool, tool use for, you know, euthanizing terminal pigs. And so they're forced to by the government. Then they post the video. You get mad and call for them to be banned and you get this propaganda BS. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't call for yeah. anybody to be banned. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking rhetorically like they put out these videos to shock you and then what you don't realize is even the farmers are like, man, it's really dumb. They force us to do these regulations. True, it could have been shocked. It was like PETA content, I think. It could, it could have been, been a guy staging value. it so they could try and get money from you. You never know. Yeah, I lived on a pig farm and most farmers love all the animals. Was it they, industrial? They industrial. No. This was one of those industrial agriculture. They yeah. were in pig pens all tightly together, like stuff coming out of their eyes, you know, big fat. Ugh. All right. What is this? I, uh, Diogenes? How do you pronounce that? Diogenes. Diogenes, the dog says, I think you're right, Tim. Prediction, tidal wave hits D.C. before election, and it's blamed on Putin's sub that just put to sea. Yo, that would be insane if that happened. I'm going to go ahead and say I really don't think so. And they're you talking guys, about the nuclear-capable sub they were just talking about two or three days ago. Yeah, yeah the Poseidon missile. Yes. Yep. yep, the tsunami bomb. That's a cool phrase, right? Tsunami bomb. It's also, a, I think it's a punk band, right? It sounds like it is. Should be. Yep. George D. says, rumors... Alensky, Zelensky is planning false flag dirty bomb. I just go ahead and assume like it's all false flags. Like all war now is like Russia's attacking itself and Ukraine's attacking itself and then blaming each other. Well, look at what happened in Syria with the chemical weapons attack that, you know, allegedly Assad was committing, but a number of investigative journalists, including ones from the BBC, came and investigated and said was a false flag operation. And then Donald Trump responded by bombing Syria in response to it. Let me take that a step further. The UN actually sent their OPCW inside. They put out a report and it was only through WikiLeaks, you know, while Assange was basically at the embassy where they published the emails that proved that there was no chemical attack there, yeah. that those people basically did not put that in their report and their report was edited to make it seem like, first of all, a chemical attack in Duma. There's no evidence any attack happened in Duma. I just want to put that out there. Austin Unruh says, question. Is a question is what the military what is the military going to do when they aren't keeping their pay up with inflation and are being told to go on food stamps? Yeah, that, that's happening right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ill sentiment says, Hey Tim Casker, I've been watching since twenty twenty and I'm currently a twenty year old Gen Z. I want you to know Gen Z has those who are still reasonable. Glad to hear it. That's good news. Actually, Gen Z is slightly more conservative than millennials, so we get that. For whatever reason. If anyone wants to look into this pig thing, I got a Daily Mail article. Horrifying undercover footage shows pig farmer workers slamming piglets in a concrete floor. You'll be able to find it there as video. Maybe we'll show it on the after show because it is brutal. Jaspa Pijak says, in Revelation 9-6, people will seek death but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. What if the transhumanists achieve what they want, but their hubris dooms them to a living nightmare? Yeah, play uh, play Horizon. Uh, what's the new one? Forbidden West. Have you not? You've not. You, have you not played that game? I have. Listen, I'm. A, I if play games talking, that are five or ten years old. I rarely jump on something unless it's like the new Mortal Kombat. If you're talking about transhumanism, you got to play that game. All right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just spoil it because the game's old anyway. But basically, the bad guys are. They can fly. They have force fields. They're invincible. They don't age or die. And it's a bunch of people who left Earth when a disaster struck, long story short, and then they just achieved all of this, you know, immortality. They uploaded their minds to an AI, but then saw it was bad. And so they tried shutting it down. 
make enraging the AI who then broke out and tries to kill them and chases them to Earth and stuff like that. So spoiler, spoil the game for everybody. If you haven't already played it too late. Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West are amazing games with great stories. You should check them out. Man, these post-apocalyptic games are so sad. Basically, in the first game, which is, it's like seven, how long has it been? Seven years, something like that? Eight years? It's uh, this military uh, contractor, military uh, company, builds self-replicating tanks, basically, that can absorb organic matter to start replicating. And then eventually he can't shut them off. And so they start doing the math and they're like, these things are going to completely just wipe out all organic compounds on the planet and then, and then shut down. So what do we do? So what you learn in the new game is there's two scenarios. One, escape. The other, build terraforming centers all over the world underground so that once the machines run out of organic matter and Earth is a barren rock, the terraforming begins and starts creating robots that emulate the life to create the ecosystem. And then humans are cloned and then released. It's a crazy game, man. It's cool, though. In the, in the new game, you like find records from when people were fighting against the robots. And you just, I love post-apocalyptic games because they're so, what's the right word? Sad isn't the right, right word, but it's like kind of sad, you know. All right, ASAP Mimic says, Helena Hutchins' husband reached a settlement with Alec Baldwin to drop the civil suit so he can be an executive producer. Is that, yeah. is that? Very weird, true. To be an executive producer? Yeah, so he's going to be a producer and the movie's going forward. Yeah. Really interesting. They're going to be making the movie still. And he's going to be a producer on it. Yep. That's so weird. Really weird. What? Really weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess. Huh. Commander Pluto says if you live to 100, the queen would send you a personal birthday card congratulating you. Oh, that's nice. The king, you mean? Oh, uh, the queen. queen. Elizabeth. Yeah. The queen is dead. Long live the king. Well, we don't know if the king will. Oh, the queen The did queen do that, would send you. But I mean, what about the people that turned 100 last week? Did the king send them anything? I don't know. Don't know. Bishop Riley says look up Stellaris. What is that? Great game. It's like uh, kind of like it's real time strategy, kind of like Civilization, but it's real time strategy space sim colon- you know, colonizer. You know, the first thing I thought of when when drones got released, now we're I, I was like, these are going to be used for war instantly. That when the parrot drone came out and DJI started putting out these drones, it's like it's instant use in warfare. It's the Eye of Killrog. You know the Eye of Killrog? No, you? you don't. You guys don't. No, nah, everybody listening knows. In Warcraft Two, I believe it was the uh, the horde. Uh, I think the ogre mages could create the Eye of Kilrog. So in Warcraft, it's like this top-down strategy. You know, you're building the barracks. The Eye of Kilrog has no attack power, but it can move around and you can see with it. So it's the drone. You fly it around. It can die, whatever. It's not that expensive, but, you know, it can sh- reveal the map to you. Detects invisibility, too. Oh, look and at that. And you know these people with those invisibility cloaks are going to be detectable by, like, infrared and stuff. High-tech well, cameras. Even Starlink and Blackjack, they're talking about basically full-on surveillance through nanosensors and not traditional video equipment. So testing vibration rather than light. Density, things like that, yes. Ghostface says, I'll keep eating and enjoying meat while telling Bill Gates to go pound sand. You know, we should uh, we should do a sketch or something. We're working on a, uh, a political cartoon channel on YouTube. We should just do a video where Bill Gates goes around enforcing all the things he's trying to do. You got to be Bill Gates. We like, got to get prosthetics, some makeup. No, really it's, good, it's cartoon. Like, oh, but so like Bill Gates comes to someone's house, and then and then it's like the, you know the wife answers the door, and she's like, uh, Bill Gates is like out of my way, and then he walks in the kitchen and just like throws all of their food off the table and splatters it on the wall, and they're like, what, what, what? and then he like he leaves, and then he goes door to door doing that same thing. We're gonna save the planet one person at a time. 
I don't. I, Are you NewsGuard certified? <laughs> I think it's funny because like I, I do that voice, but he actually does kind of talk like that. I know. <laughs> All right, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, "After that meat pick, sorry, I'm now pro-war." Yo, that mutton looked good. I want to. I want to. I want to have some lamb. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I'm not giving up meat. I ate bacon last night. Still think about that piglet video, but man, I keep eating the bacon. <laughs> no step on snack says, good God, Ian, how did you get black pilled so bad? And that was in reference to when you said the rich people will develop, develop a taste for human and then want yeah. to eat. Them. Oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, how did I get black pilled? I think when I learned about the military industrial in 2006 and seven, I felt very alone when I got red pilled. And when you're red pilled and alone, the red gets very saturated and then becomes dark, dark red. And oh, you could consider that black. Eric Jenkins had a super chat, basically as uh, similar to the joke that I was bringing up. Plot twist: They already perfected anti-aging treatments. They just can't reveal them until they cull the masses. All the acceleration towards World War Three is Biden Pelosi types tired of having more wrinkles on their face than brain. Mm-hmm. Oof. Nancy is like, I just want to be twenty-four again. This mm-hmm. blows them all up. Get Putin to nuke them, and then it's going to be like the nukes go off. As soon as the first nuke is fired, they put her in the Genesis chamber, and then she comes out, and she's like 24. She's like, I'm young again. All right. Austin Rice says, Luke, you rag on Roundup glyphosate a lot. As a farmer from Nebraska, what, you're, what, are your, what your thoughts are on the AG sector as a whole? In my experience, producers are just using chemicals as needed to cut down on weeds to maximize yield. Absolutely. I mean, there's benefits and there's negative things, especially when it comes to uh, fertilizer, especially when it comes to chemicals, and especially when it comes to big agriculture farming. I think the biggest problem right now is monocropping. I think the subsidies that are paying for corn and soy and the way it's been developed and the way that Monsanto, now Bayer, has kind of uh, cornered the market for their own personal benefit, where they have uh, made a patent on the seeds, is a huge problem. And these monocrops are leading to nutrient-deficient foods that are becoming less and less nutritious. So uh, there's there's a lot of things in play here. It's not just glyphosate. It's it's a lot of different things. I know some people you know make a living off of big big farming. I know there's a lot of big money, a lot of taxes, a lot of subsidies. But in retrospect, we I think we do have to consider the long-term kind of bigger consequences to is, the world and everyone else. Is Halloween we not on a Monday? I think I'm so, yes. Sure. It looks like it. So, uh, we're going to have a, yeah. we are, we're going to have a show where everyone has to dress up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cyberus says, Tim, in honor of impending World War III, you should be Tim Ghoul for Halloween. A fun little fallout joke, plus it'd be funny to hear the voice for a bit. What do the, the ghouls talk like? Don't talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> Their vocal cords are fried. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to Tim Cast IRL. He's like a New York. I'm your ghoul host. <laughs> Nanan says, graphene is the next asbestos. Nanotubes have already shown to cause mechanical damage to cells. Ooh, that's crazy. Ian, of pure Ian, carbon. Yeah, I think I saw something like that. Ian's going to be eighty, and he's going to—they're going to accidentally publish his obituary, and he's going to be like, "I'm not." He's going to read it, and it's going to be like Ian Crossland, purveyor of graphene, merchant of death. And he's going to be like, "What have I become?" That's like no Alfred Nobel. He, <laughs> yeah, he invented Nobel, Nobel yeah. dynamite, <laughs> and then they named the Nobel Peace Prize after him. Yep. And then, uh, well, no, no, no. So they published his obituary calling him the merchant of death yeah and then he was like ah is that what i am and so then he made the nobel prize yeah geez i talk i mean graphene as an industrial building materials is top top notch but i mean there's going to be a whole slew of problems with this stuff we gotta be constantly vigilant noah zork says pvc is good plastic it drains your toilet yes it's polyvinyl chloride and you can also skate on it it is a material used by a lot of people for uh, various skate skating yeah you can you can grind and slide on it pvc I like PVC. Smooth, but it breaks easily. 
when we built, we would build ramps on the cheap. We would go with PVC because it's really easy to to, to drill in, and uh, you don't need a lot of wax for it. But they break, so it's always good to get metal or just do concrete if you can afford it. But that's oof. Philip Mangione says. So I realized something. AI believes itself as the Antichrist and is already loose. Read limelight lyrics as the devil speaking to you. AI equals Antichrist. Ooh, what if that was it? What if Could the be. AI is the Antichrist? I get that a lot. A lot of people say that the AI is going to be the big takeover in the Antichrist. But then again, you'd have to be religious to believe that in the first place, which I am not. Yeah, there could be a lot of different Antichrists all working together or working against each other. Well, I get people thing. telling me the Muskernuts is the uh, Antichrist as well, and I don't buy into that necessarily either. Muskernut? You know, Elon. Oh, <laughs> Muskernuts. The Muskernuts. Muskernuts. Let's grab some more. Forced name change says talking plasma equals musical Tesla coils. No, I guess that's technically. Cool. You ever see those? Yeah. When they play the sounds of them, that's really cool. They play songs. Daryl Lyons says, if Poseidon is capable of 100 megatons, surface detonation at Annapolis coast hits D.C. with thermal zone and 1,000 rad fallout covers the entire northeast. Look at nuke map. Cool. Cool. Uh, Andrew L. says, Tim, I subbed to the site before you added Parallel Economy. How can I switch my payments from PayPal? It should. uh, I think we're working on something to make it go automatically. So I don't know. Um email uh, what is it members at timcast.com the issue the issue is signing up from paypal does not mean one thing and there's there's a couple different ways depending on what you what you do with paypal it changes how it interacts with us so email members at timcast.com with any questions and we'll help get that sorted but i do want to stress if you become a member at timcast.com you're not just supporting us you're supporting parallel economy which was co-founded by dan bongino it is a censorship resistant financial processor so we want to utilize them because it's safer, but it also supports the parallel economy itself. So update from TimCast.com. The today's Cast Castle has been re-uploaded. It may have been a temporary issue, but hopefully that'll fix it. So if you was it not there, working? I think it wasn't. Yeah, it was oh. like a momentary glitch on oh, Rumble's okay. end. Hopefully it works now. Well, all, all right then. Andy Ugaldi says, can you expand a little bit on what would come after a tactical nuke in Ukraine and no NATO response? What will life look like in that scenario? Ah, yes. Ukrainian soldiers, many of them would lay down their arms and flee for one of two reasons. The first is that they're scared of getting nuked because there's no real way to fight back against that level of power. The other reason is that many of these people will say, my wife and children are in Kiev. And that was hit by a tactical nuke, if it is. If they hit a military target, they hit a military target, they'll move on. If they hit a city, you're going to get a bunch of fighting age men being like, I have to go home, get out of my way. And they'll abandon trying to find their families. Many of them won't, but many of them will. And it will, I think that it will just destroy morale for the Ukrainian fighters because they have no means of countering nuclear artillery, tactical nukes, or heaven forbid, full-scale nuclear weapons. I think if Putin does that, he wins the war overnight. I mean, NATO may get involved and be like, we're going in with conventional weapons now to support Ukraine, but it would destroy the Ukrainian psyche. The problem with Russia winning or any kind of armistice is it'll the conflict will continue on for two decades after this. If Russia takes eastern Ukraine, it's going to be 20 years of sub, sub, subterfuge, like uh, tactical, you know, things blowing up power plants, unless we find actual diplomatic resolve between the yeah. two nations. Or at least a taunt. And I've been saying from the beginning, this conflict could last 100 years. Yeah. And it very much could. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Please smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, 
Share the show with your friends. Be the notification that YouTube isn't. And head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have a very, very spicy, uncensored after hours show coming up at about 11 p.m. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Jason, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, check me out on Rockfin, Rumble. We're on YouTube, kind of. And I'm going to be doing a four-day-a-week live show, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., exclusively with Red Voice Media coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm pumped. Yeah, everyone in the comment section is like, Luke and Burmis again? What? Together again what? for That's the very crazy. first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for coming. It's awesome. Henry Kissinger also came out with some very interesting comments today. I talked about that on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash we are change. And I did a separate video talking about all the hard times ahead of us, how to prepare on LukeUncensored.com. Hope to see you there. Jason, you said your show 8 a.m. Is it p.m. to 10 p.m.? No, it's going to be 8 a.m. No, I say, I say 10 p.m. till 10 a.m. Okay. But I go live almost every day, several times a day. And I'm going to keep doing that as well on top of the show. Really, I just try to keep up on topics that aren't really in the mainstream media. I do a lot of watch-alongs and a lot of document breakdowns. Topics like Rocket Dine. And uh, we talked about the movie Nope. What other things did we talk about? Nope. Terrasem Movement Foundation. Yeah, Well, let's, let's, we'll let's save, save some of this goodness for the after show. I'm Ian Crossland. See you later. Thank you guys all very much for tuning in this evening. I very much appreciate it. I'm training my replacement at the moment. I don't know uh, if we were going to talk about this before tonight, but I mentioned it on Pop Culture Crisis. I'm officially leaving TimCast, Effective Friday. I'm training the guy who's taking over for me. You guys are going to love him. He's fantastic. You guys can follow me on TwitterAndMinds.com at SarahPatchLitz as well as SarahPatchLitz.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.